Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're listening to the Sports Fix. Portions of the Sports Fix brought to you by Harry Buffalo. Catch every UFC pay-per-view live in full HD at Harry Buffalo North Olmstead, just outside Great Northern Mall. Harry Buffalo, join the herd. Sports Fix listeners, don't wait all day or all week to get in on the fun. The party doesn't stop when we go off the air all week long. The Sports Fix social media sites are your one-stop shop for all things Cleveland sports. Jump over to Facebook.com slash The Sports Fix. Facebook.com slash The Sports Fix and become a fan today because we love fans and they create some of the best sports talk in town, Daddy. You'll enjoy talking to your fellow Cleveland sports fans on The Sports Fix fan page. And if Twitter's your thing, well, you know how we do it. Tweet with us at the Sports Fix CLE. It's that simple. Twitter.com slash the Sports Fix CLE, baby. Chat live with the crew during all your favorite Cleveland sports events, tickets and contests and trivia and so much more. Get with us today, the Sports Fix on social media. Facebook.com slash the Sports Fix. Tweet with us at the Sports Fix CLE. Join, Join the, the Sports, sports Fix, Fix on Facebook and Twitter today. <laughs> Hey, it's Hugh Hewitt, and when I want to know what's going on with the Cavs, the Browns, and the Tribe, I tune into Sports Fix. Live in Ohio, it's time to get your fix. The Sports Fix. And there we are on the air. We're, we are. I, I I can't lie. This morning it was touch and go, man. I was just uh, I was just telling somebody a few moments ago. I said I'm I'm inhaling the coffee this morning, getting it going. Long, long weekend, fun weekend, productive weekend, but a very long weekend on my end here. It was a it was a beat down weekend in many different many many different ways, man. Yesterday, I'll tell you what. Uh, being out of town and running around all weekend, uh, yesterday caught up on some stuff. Man, oh, I'm going to talk about it in a minute. Jessica, I talk about beating the brakes off of somebody, man. <laughs> we'll talk about we'll talk about that in a minute. Buckeyes, we got. I mean, Buckeyes are are at it in two sports here this weekend. We're going to talk to Dan Wismar about. There's so much to do. I don't even know where to focus this thing down on. Welcome in, you guys. 
to the sports fix. Of course, the Browns, I mean, the Cavaliers, a record set. Talk about beatdowns. I come home Saturday to the, the beatdown extraordinaire over the weekend with the Cavaliers, Browns, Buckeyes. I mean, we've got a ton of stuff to get into today. And let's let's do it. Let's get it rolling. I was I was joking about being half dead. It's the the aftermath of my weekends here when I go. Oh yeah, man. Because uh, I'll tell you what. Uh, you know, I talked to you guys about doing my wrestling thing, and I was out doing that here uh, Friday and Saturday over this past weekend and uh, Saturday night. I will say, you know, I've had not saying that uh, the the stuff I've done hasn't been you know b- brilliantly fantastic, but uh, for the last few years, I would probably say the match I had Saturday night right up there with anything I've done for the last few years. It took a while to get back to that place, but uh, when you know. You get to Monday morning and uh, and you go, oh yeah, that's what happens when you have matches that are that good, man. And you wake up feeling like you were run over by a freight train, man. You know, so but I'm with it. I'm with it. It was a great weekend. By the way, thanks to everybody that came out. Uh, you know, it's a good. You know, it's a good night when they run out of chairs and they hit the locker room and they go everybody up. You know, of course, I pulled my knife out of my bag and I said, you ain't getting my chair. But anyways, that's always a good sign when they run out of seats in the building. Uh, fantastic night was had out in Erie, Pennsylvania the other night. Thanks to you guys that came out there. Thanks to the guys that came out Friday night as well. And got some other stuff coming up I'll tell you about. But came home, got caught up on all kinds of sports goodness, debauchery, beatdowns going on. Like I said, Cavaliers, Jessica I doing her thing, representing in Mexico, Buckeyes, Browns. And we're going to talk about it. Of course, today, it's Monday. That means I'm not doing it myself. Well, I'm never doing it myself because I'm going to crack these phones here in a moment and let you join me. But John McMullen from the Sports Network, he's with us here just about 30 minutes from now. We're going to talk to John as we always do. Not just about the Browns. We'll talk about Houston. We'll look forward to what's coming up this weekend. Atlanta. We'll talk about Josh Gordon. We'll talk about all the other things that went on around the NFL as well, too. Uh, man, again, if you don't see it here in every game, you can go and look at how this this is just the strangest and the NFL has always been fluky sometimes, but this is the one of the strangest seasons with just Every week, all these things. Look at Cincinnati. They bounce back from looking like a JV team against the Browns to doing what they did. Uh, St. Louis switches quarterbacks. It looks like the train's falling off there. They can't get any running back, any traction over there in St. Louis. And then they do what they did yesterday with Denver. I mean... You know, Philly looks the way they do, and Green Bay looks the way they did earlier. And then yesterday, you see in a 50 spot, dropped once again by Aaron Rodgers. Man, NFL has been all over the place. And, and yesterday, the Browns, we saw what happened with them, and it's uh, it's crazy, man. It's just, uh, I get the parody thing or whatever, but man, this year, and it's clearly it's not just us. You guys have said it, a lot of the guests that we talked to, this year it's more than ever these extreme swings in uh, good luck. The gamblers are making a ton of money here this year because the unpredictability is at an all-time high for sure uh, in the NFL. We're going to talk to John McMullen about all of that, about the Browns. Alfred Blue did, I'll tell you what, I don't even want to guess what Arian Foster may have done yesterday and the injuries too. Browns getting thinner and thinner. Kendall Lewis, it it rang during my game so many times, thinking to what we were talking about the other day when he said, man, how many injuries can you can you go before you run out of the next man to come up i mean even a good team reaches that point let alone a team that's still 
building its depth. Man, we saw some of that there as they just got thinner and thinner up front, sheared. Dansby, I'm really worried about Dansby. Sheard may just be a, a high ankle sprain, which it's not just. That still could be something. But uh, obviously, Dansby needing an MRI with his with his knee, that's one of the leaders. You guys know Dansby's been one of the differences in this defense leadership-wise and uh, and in his play. And that's definitely one that's that's tough. That you know, you say next man up. It's a lot easier to say next man up when when you got a very uh, close separate. I mean, you know, next man up when it's Alex Mack, when it's a guy like Carlos Dansby, when it's those kind of guys, it's a little bit different. It's still you still got to do it though. Still got to do it. You know, Sheard too. Uh, he's been one of the best guy, one of the few guys that's gotten consistent pressure on the quarterback for that Browns defense here when they've needed to. We're going to talk about all of that with John McMullen. We're going to talk Buckeyes hoops, Buckeyes football, baby. I'll tell you what, they survive in Minnesota. Like I said, I had to catch up on everything. I mean, I had to overdose in the last about 27 hours on everything that happened Friday night, everything that happened Saturday afternoon, all the games, all everything from Saturday night to fight. I had to watch it all yesterday and the Browns game. And this, I'm still, I was still watching stuff this morning, trying to catch up because uh, I like to make sure I've seen uh, the things that I'm talking about before I come out here and talk about them. So uh, I had to really overdose on the sports over the uh, over the last 24 hours or so, but Buckeyes, we're going to get into all of that. CSU tipped off, tough start to them as they dropped their opener, got the home opener coming up, Cavaliers, we're going to get into all of that, man, ton of stuff, as I said, Dan Wismar, John McMullen and you, welcome into the Sports Fix, J-Rock with you guys, kicking off another week here on the Fix, across the Sports Fix radio network, thank you, whether you're joining us live on TuneIn, on TuneIn's radio app, perhaps worldwide. That's one of the favorite places for a lot of people to listen to the show. Crystal clear, and you can literally get it anywhere on any device. Welcome in everybody else on Spreaker that's listening live there. Love the guys there, the digital app. Many of you listening on Mixler. Got my guys over there in the Mixler chat room as well. Always a great time. Thanks to you guys for joining us live on the sportsfix.net, the home base, the mothership for all things Cleveland sports. And of course, hello to everybody listening on Disney. Digital delay 24 hours a day around the world on iHeartRadio, the world's largest internet radio provider, on Spreaker and SoundCloud and on all of the iTunes, everybody that downloads us there, however you may subscribe or get the show fed. Thank you so much for being here, you guys, each and every weekday at noon right here, as we said, across the Sports Fix Radio Network. Be a part of the show because this is our thing, baby, and I want you to do it. Kick us off on the phones, 216-539-7535, 216-539-7535. They're open. Hit us up on Facebook and Twitter, facebook.com slash the sports fix. Tweet with us at the sports fix CLE. Email us the sports fix at AOL.com. Again, facebook.com slash the sports fix. Like the page while you're there as well. Uh, become a fan of the page. Nearly 21,000 fans of the, the sports fix on Facebook. Tweet with us at the sports fix CLE and you can email us the sports fix at AOL.com and I'll tell you what it's staying strong so far uh like I said I'm on pot number two of coffee here but uh for those of you guys that if my voice goes in and out a little bit it's man I did <laughs> last night I really wasn't sure physically if my voice was going to be able to do the show it was cracking so bad from uh just from all the you, you, if you've ever seen me wrestle you would understand why uh you know 
I am definitely quite the effusive personality out there with people, and uh, it was no different over the weekend. But it's going good so far. So uh, if I do, though, if you lose me a little bit here, guys, apologize for that. Let's roll on. I, you know, roll on. before we get into the Browns, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna get to them. Obviously, we're gonna go into what happened yesterday with Houston. But I was talking about it. We talk about surviving and uh, and beatdowns and all of that. I gotta start with Jessica. I we had her on the show. Of course, a week and a half or so before the fight, she came on here. You guys heard her. She said it. She said, I'm going to finish her. She said, I'm going to go finish. I'm going to smash her. She said it right here on the show. She said, I'm going to go commit a felony in Mexico here. No offense, but Leslie Smith is in the wrong place at the wrong time. And uh, I'll tell you what, you know, her trainers or, or whatever, whoever made this strategy, for those of you that don't know, fight was stopped because Jessica ruptured a cauliflower ear on Leslie Smith and oh man I'll tell you, you've got to you've got to go watch the clip well I mean if you're squeamish you shouldn't I'm gonna tell you that right now if you're like a fight person if you're all testosterone up and you're into that kind of thing go look it up if you didn't see it uh the clips out there UFC's put already they've already released the fight out there you can go see it uh at the moment of impact Jessica hits the the ear he hits the left ear of Leslie Smith and like a water fountain you can see as she ruptures the cauliflower ear cauliflower ear it's a, it's an old wrestler you know amateur wrestler type thing i i you know had a teeny smidgen of it at the top of my ear at one point there too it's it's basically say goodbye to your credit card rewards greedy corporate mega stores led by walmart and target are pushing for a law in congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets the durbin marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it if you love your credit card rewards tell your lawmakers hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Where you, you, jack the, you jack the cartilage up in your ear so much. And it happened a lot to amateur wrestlers because they get ground on in face locks and front chanceries and, and holds like that. And... Uh, it, it basically ruptures blood vessels and, and it then it cauliflowers. It hardens up, it calcifies and becomes, you know, like a calcium deposit. And uh, anyways, it ruptured. And I'll tell you, usually fighters have that dealt with because that what can happen if you don't is what happened in that fight. Man, jacked her <laughs> with a punch. That the blood shot. Three feet up in the air, you could just see it. If you slow-mo the thing, it, like a fountain, goes right up. And, uh, yeah, very graphic. So be careful. If you're at work, it's definitely something that if your work's watching what you're doing, you may get in trouble for watching that one. But, uh, anyways, then they almost stopped the fight. And Leslie Smith, hey, look, man, you don't do all that training and go all the way to Mexico to have this thing stopped like that. So she, they were able to, to let her keep going in the fight, but she took a second shot and really they had no choice but to stop the fight because the ear was, it was, you know, the tip of it was hanging in a way that had she taken perhaps one or two good shots in the wrong direction. I, I know Joe Rogan on the commentary was over exaggerating one good shot, but it definitely was 
one or two good shots away from perhaps ripping that ear right off or doing more damage there to it. So um, they stopped the fight. Jessica I went down there to prove a point, and she did. As she said here on The Fix, Queen of Cleveland. And uh, definitely once she gets back and gets herself back into uh, back into the mode here, we'll get her here on the show, and we'll talk to her about it. Congratulations, though, to Jessica I. Now the focus switches to Stipe, Stipe Miocic, as he goes out there and looks to get himself in line for a heavyweight title shot. And I'm looking to get Stipe here on the show uh, leading up to his fight as well. But again, congrats to Jessica I. If you guys have not seen it, go look it. I know they've got the footage up. Uh, I think it's in uh, I think it's in our I think it might be on one of our Facebook pages. If not, we'll definitely get it posted for you guys here. But yeah, man. Um, and you know what is I was primed for that one already because as I'm in Erie doing my thing, I'm checking, you know, of course, on my phone doing all our social media and stuff. And I had a bunch some tweets about, and I had some messages on Facebook about Jessica I and what she did. And I'm like, Oh man, of course I got to hear about it. You know, before I get a chance to see it. So when I watched the fight, I kind of knew what I was going to see, but I didn't exactly. All I saw was messages like, man, she almost ripped her ear off. So, you know, you hear that and you go, well, what am I about to watch? And it definitely lived up to it in the thing. So uh, again, congratulations to her UFC 180. Jessica I takes care of business and defeats Leslie Smith. And uh, looking forward to having her on the show. And speaking of survival of the fittest and setting some records and all of that, Cavaliers, Friday night, they went out there and uh, survived a game that was a lot closer than it probably should have as they got into it. Really just one of those nobody's nobody's playing any defense, if we're going to be honest. You can, you can look at the other way and say offensive explosion, or you can say nobody's playing a lick of defense out here either. And there were some controversial calls as well. I didn't get a chance to see the whole game from Friday night, saw a lot of the highlights and uh, the way the game went down there at the end. Cavaliers survived, uh, but uh, surviving is not what Atlanta did the next night. My friend was at that game up close and personal, told me about it uh, yesterday. We were talking. He goes, Jerry, you had to be there. He said it was something. He said not just the Cavs, not just because the Cavs won. He said, bro, I've never seen anything like that in person, what the Cavs did the other night. I mean, obviously, you guys have probably heard by now because here we're we're two days removed. But not only setting the record with the 19 three-pointers, they hit the first, I believe it was 11 in a row. And they were just, they were, everything they touched turned to gold that night. And now, so so funny, too. Think about, think about the, the difference uh, 10 days or a week makes because they're one in three and people are, are, are diving out the roof and, and panic buttons and all of that. Get yourself chug, chug, chugging on a little bit of, of a winning streak here. And you see, and you really start to see the tip of the iceberg offensively and then offensively was never the question with me defensively is what this team is going to have to do but man you got to see it but yeah my buddy goes hey Jerry I'm telling you man never seen anything like it it was just a thing of beauty if you're a basketball person to appreciate that one and uh, the ball movement uh, that that was uh, the buzz phrase of training camp and of David Blatt and ball energy and all of that you're starting to see it you're definitely seeing it with these guys and it's still, hey, look, man, we're in the early po- portion of this season still. There's still going to be a lot of work to be done. 
but man, uh, you can see it. I mean, you can see the tip of the iceberg with where these cats are getting ready to go. And, uh, you know, LeBron running the ball a lot more primarily now, uh, showing guys where to go, keeping that thing moving, whipping it around. There's been a difference, obviously, since Sean Marion switched into the starting lineup as well because he's now able to defend against the uh, the other team's primary guy, which switches up the defensive responsibilities a bit on LeBron since he's handling more of the, uh, the distribution duties than maybe the original intention may have been. But I'm telling you, man, and they're shorthanded too. And you can, I'm, you, you can see this thing coming together. You're beginning to see the emergence of Joe Harris too. Of course, that's, this was David Griffin. He was here, you know, so let's not act like he wasn't a part of the drafting, but first one that's his first one that he's got his fingerprints all over is this off season stuff. So, you know, Joe Harris draft pick of the Browns there, or excuse me, Browns, excuse me, draft pick of the Cavaliers there. And uh, I'll tell you the way he was shooting uh, early, I mean, 12 points, but you're starting to see how, and I saw some people make some arguments about him getting into the starting lineup sooner rather than later. I can see where that's going to end up coming because he plays the low key kind of game that you need to go with the high usage players that are uh, that are primarily dominating the ball with the Cavaliers, you know, the the main guys. So he could fit in really well. I don't know defensively what Joe Harris is all about yet, which is where one of my questions is, but you you can easily see there's going to be openings with Delhi still. I mean, he's at minimum what 4 or 5 weeks before he can do anything and uh at least. So you're going to have openings there. There's issues with Dion getting back into it. So you're going to have some possibilities. The rotation is nowhere near settled. And I do think that Joe Harris could quite possibly be there perhaps a month, six weeks from now or whatever. He's going to get the opportunity, that's for sure. But I like what I'm seeing. But just in general, man, again, and I did get a chance to watch all of, uh, of Saturday night's game when I when I was here yesterday uh, getting ready for the show and do it, catching up on everything from over the weekend. I, I said, yeah, I have to appreciate this one for myself. We'll talk a little bit more about that, and we'll preview tonight's game, Denver at the queue. We got, oh, man, you got the big one here coming up this week, too. You get San Antonio. That'll be a interesting clash coming up at the, uh, at the queue. We'll talk about all of that, guys. A little bit later on in the show, let's get a break in. Let me get the first break in. Let's come back. All right, let's get the focus on the uh, on the big game of the weekend. We'll start with the Browns. And, of course, yesterday, Browns fall to Houston. For those of you under a rock or those of you that didn't know, Browns fall yesterday to Houston 23-7. to uh, Really, to me, there's a lot we can talk about with this game, whether you want to go offense, defense, the tail of the game, uh, clearly – this was a game. Here's the thing is this was a game for as poorly as the Browns played in so many areas. They still should have found a way to could have and should have found a way to win this game. There's a couple of opportunities that changed that. But man, I mean, Alfred Blue, 36 carries a buck 56. I mean, that right there. Start right there because that that was big. That was huge. I mean, he's. I like Al Blue from LSU. You guys know we've had some some joking conversations about my man Al Blue from LSU, from my fantasy team, and and all of that stuff. But man, I I hang my head in shame when I tell you that I I played him yesterday. I, I can't lie. I played when I, when the word came down that Arian Foster wasn't playing. I played him because the Browns 
running defense is what it is. And uh, luckily for me, he didn't get in the end zone, which was fine because they rack up the yards. So they did keep him out of the end zone. But regardless, I mean, rumble, young man, rumble, as the expression goes. He went to work on the Browns. Uh, We'll talk about it. We'll talk about those injuries thinning out. Ryan Mallett went out there and took what the defense gave. I'll tell you what, a couple of those throws he made, the deep ones were nice. Uh, Even the one that was broken up in the end zone, great throw. And uh, we're going to talk about all of that when we come back. We'll hit the Browns. And how can I be talking about this game without turning up the wattage? Because J.J. Watt owned everything yesterday. I mean, even even on his penalties, he was ultra-aggressive. And, uh, man, what a beast. I mean, he really is. He may be the MVP. I know there's all these quarterbacks out here throwing for 8 million yards and 75 touchdowns this season. And I, I get it. But, man, J.J. Watt may may have to just be the MVP of this whole thing, man, because he is – tell me you tell me there's one man. I, I don't know, Aaron Rodgers is up there, too, because when he's on, Green Bay is a completely different team. But, man, one guy that controls his team's fortunes as much as J.J. Watt. I mean, he can single-handedly own a football game. And, you know, you know that. We watch him. I mean, he's one of the guys I love in the NFL. But, you know, seeing it up close, you get that – you get that secondary appreciation of the little things that he brings and just how he's there, you know, not in the highlights that you may not watch every Houston Texans game, but you see all of his highlights. But it's the things he does even on the plays that aren't highlights that you're like, man, that cat's everywhere. He's all over the place. He's that's that's game like changer. That's where people have to game plan around a cat and uh, and he was doing it for sure. We'll talk about that. All of it. Browns, Houston yester- or yesterday went down at the lakefront. When we come back, let's do it. Phones are open. 216-539-7535. When we come back, we're talking Browns. 15 minutes from now, John McMullen from the Sports Network joins in on the conversations. We'll go around the whole NFL and more. Don't go anywhere. We have just begun. 216-539-7535. Facebook.com slash the sports fix tweet with us at the sports fix cle what are your thoughts on yesterday's browns game we're talking about it when we come back here on the fix this is the sports fix are you talking to me yes are you talking to me yes are you talking to me yes hey call me call you whatever you like as long as we can call you a fan of the sports fix sports fix listeners you've heard me talking about it millionaires being made all season long at draftkings.com america's favorite one week fantasy football site i've been playing there too it's now j-rock's favorite one week fantasy football site what's one week fantasy football that means no season long commitments play whenever you say goodbye to your credit card rewards greedy corporate mega stores led by walmart and target are pushing for a law in congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets the durbin marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it if you love your credit card rewards tell your lawmakers hands off my rewards tell them to oppose the durbin marshall credit card bill 
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You want have a player who's hurt? That's no problem at all because you change everything week to week. Injuries don't derail your chance at victory. It's a new season every week. You're never stuck with the same players. You can pick your team in just minutes and be on your way to winning huge cash. This season, one listener turned 10 bucks into 5,000. Another turned $2 into 10 grand, and a new millionaire has been crowned nearly every week this season at draftkings.com. You could be next. Imagine winning a million dollars in one day. A million dollars just for playing fantasy football at DraftKings.com. Head to DraftKings.com now and use promo code SPREAKER to play for free in the $10 million Fantasy Football World Championships. DraftKings.com. Bigger events, bigger winnings, bigger millionaires. Enter SPREAKER now at DraftKings.com. Sports Fix listeners, like us on Facebook today. Facebook.com slash The Sports Fix. Fantasy sports lovers, you put so much time, hard work, and effort into playing week to week that it quickly stops being a fantasy and, and starts, starts getting, getting real. real. And when the smoke clears, you want to show off those victories with a real prize. I mean, a really real prize. Nobody, Nobody does, does that, that like, like Fantasy, fantasy Jocks. Jocks. The crew over at Fantasy Jocks have beautiful, high-quality, and heavy-duty championship belts, rings, trophies, and so much more for all your fantasy sports needs. There's literally only one place to go. FantasyJocks.com It's just an old ball, really. Nothing more. We grew with it and studied it. We owned it and shared it. We prayed they would hit it and miss it. We prayed they would catch it and drop it. Established 1901. Hey everybody, this is Jerry the King Lawler from WWE, and you're listening to the Sports Fix. Welcome back to the Sports Fix Live here on the Sports Fix Radio Network. J-Rock back with you, rolling on. And yeah, yesterday, the Browns found themselves in a land of confusion. You know what? I saw uh, Terry Pluto writing up uh, one of his stories on the game, and a line he used summed up summed it up best at the end. He said, uh, you know, a football game is... No, I'm sorry. It was Pat McManaman that said it. I hate to discredit or, you know, not give credit to the right person. 
But uh, never was the old adage, a football game is won and lost in the trenches, more obvious than in the game yesterday that the Browns played with Houston, man. Um, we're going to get into it here in a minute. Real quickly, I saw Bruce in the chat room. I complete. I The one thing that he said that I disagree, but it fits right into what I'm starting with, so that's why I want to mention it. Hoyer did not fall down untouched three times yesterday. Three times yesterday, the Houston pass rush, their front push was so quick and so strong that they shoved the defender backwards at the snap. You saw the one, the uh, the TV replay was able to slow it down enough that they caught it because they too thought that Hoyer, were, they were trying to figure out how he went down the way he did. They were pushing back so fast at the snap that it was causing the guard or the center to step on the tip of Hoyer's foot and trip him there that quickly because it made the first step hit into his first step on the drop back. I'll tell you what, it all came from obviously more than just J.J. Watt, but it starts, finishes, and rotates around J.J. Watt. As I said, you get more of an appreciation for his effect on a football game when you watch the whole 60 minutes up close like you did yesterday. You know what he can do with the big plays, but lordy almighty, did he... uh, he affected so many different plays just with his presence. And far from himself, a lot of the guys uh, that we mentioned, Cushing was huge. Not only was he huge, but allow me to remind you how badly he beat up Brian Hoyer on a couple of plays. I really thought Hoyer was done, done for on that one shot. Was it within the 10? I can't remember exactly where the line of scrimmage was. But he was decleated. Went down. I'm I'm positive that he was he had to have been concussed at that point. He took the shot right under the chin. You could see it on the replay. He took the shot under the chin. That was the one when Manzel got up because they weren't sure. And the announcers even said, "Boy, this guy has got guts. He's not coming out unless you drag him off the field, man." But uh, he took a shot, and that was more than just one. There was a couple. The the one I'll tell you what. Cushing not getting blocked by McDonald on the flea flicker cost the Browns a touchdown because the the receiver was running wide open. If Hoyer had one more second to get that ball off, that's a touchdown. It would have been absolutely wide open. But Cushing blew through McDonald and was there and was able to rush that throw. But, man, he leveled Hoyer a couple of good times. That one was really, really, really nasty. Uh but uh, but again, that's that push up front. I'm telling you, I was wondering what the deal was with Hoyer when he tripped on the one play. How about the one where he fell? Uh, the lineman tripped him, and then he got up. They actually protected him enough. He was able to get up and then find the guy. That one I, I kind of dug, but there was nowhere near enough of that. They were all over the place. The pushback and uh, the Browns running game, while the stats... Well, and this is where stats are what they are. While the stats won't look as terrible as they're going to sound here, what I'm going to tell you is you had one really good run by the Crow, and the rest of them averaged a yard a carry. So uh, at the end of the day, it, it changes the way it looks absolutely. You know, you hear it, you go, oh, okay, well, you know, not the best day for the Browns, 60 yards rushing. Well, that's not good as it is, let alone the fact that 35 of that came on one carry. Meanwhile, on the other side of the ball, Al Blue from LSU went to town, stepped right in for Ray Jennings over there for the Texans, and and there was no drop-off. 
I, it makes me scared to wonder what would have happened if Arian Foster had played. Perhaps he would have got 200 yards there. But uh, Brown's rush defense has already been, it's already, you know, been an issue all season long. We know that doesn't help. When you lose more guys in the interior there, you lose more of your fronts. I mean, I was at one point going, I don't, do they have any more defensive linemen to put in the game? Fu is already playing more snaps than he should be playing. I, I, Kitchen, I, who else is left? Because every, I mean, they're really down thin, and you lose Dansby and Sheard there both. Again, I told you guys at the beginning of the show, I'm very worried about Dansby because, uh, when they're non-committal about things and talking about the MRI, usually that means you got some stuff to worry about. But there may be something on that even before this one's over, before we get rolling any deeper with the show. And as soon as I hear something, I'll have it again with Sheard, looking like it may be the dreaded high ankle sprain, which is, you know, those can be short-term or long-term there. But, uh, you know, that just thins you out even more, makes it even harder. I get it. I know it's, nobody's writing a sympathy card. It's next man up. It's it's but the next man up at some point is not as strong as the man before and the third, fourth and fifth next man up on the defensive line. Luckily, they have a a position of such depth. Could you imagine? Seriously, we talked at the beginning of the year about the depth up front. Could you imagine if they didn't have that? Well, I I would be scared to even think what kind of uh, what kind of rush defense and pressure on the quarterback because that was non-existent yesterday too. One of the reasons Ryan Mallett was able to get comfortable and sit back there and do his thing is because we let him get comfortable. I mean, was he under pressure? How much? I mean, a handful of times in the whole game. I mean, Ryan Mallett was able to do his thing, and uh, Brown's just. And meanwhile, the Texans back to that up front in the trenches. They're getting pressure with three guys on certain plays, man. I mean, I'll tell you what. Just in the trenches, they absolutely dominated the Browns across the boards. And um, I could point to a few places where I'll be honest with you. The Browns still, uh, this game was a win. All of that. This game was a winnable game. I can tell you easily, and I'm sure you guys know it. To me, the key moments that swung thing, obviously the first one would be the four, what's really a 14-point swing is – Isaiah Crowell, and this is what's frustrating to guys like you and me, and because I know a lot of you guys hit me up every day with your love for Isaiah Crowell and, and frustration for not seeing him out there, but he put the ball on the ground a couple of times. They pulled him back. Now they give him the start, which I believe is we're seeing problems just emerge here with Ben Tate. Two rushes, minus nine yards yesterday. Clearly, he could not have been happy that he didn't get the start against his former team, and they give it to the Crow instead, and he goes out there, and like I said, he had the 35-yarder, and you're thinking, okay, maybe we're going to have a good day running the ball here because it looked like they may, and the team's driving down the field. Remember, it was a 7-7 game at that point. This was, was it second quarter, I believe, and uh, – Browns are driving, look like, okay, they're putting something together. They were running that little mini no huddle, getting some things moving. What happens? Crow puts, and it was literally the the second after they put the graphic on the screen. You guys saw that. They put the graphic on the screen that said 99 possessions in a row or 99 plays in the red zone, whatever it was that the Browns had not had a turnover in the red zone. And what happens? The very next play, fumble by Isaiah Crowell, and boom, 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 right down the field, three passes, comes Houston, the third one, which led to the touchdown. 
was, again, just one of those things that, hi, what can you do about it? Referees, part of the field of play. Craig Robertson had a bead, most likely was at best, or excuse me, at worst, a drop or a knockdown. At best, it was probably an interception for Ray. He had a direct bead on the pass that ended up going to Graham for the touchdown. He gets screened off by the referee. I mean, it, again, they're the field of play, so there's there's no complaining. You can't. There's nothing you can do about that. But I mean, when they showed it back, I wondered how. I said, "Man, it looked like on the quick play, it looked like Robertson had it." And then they go back to the replay, and you saw what happened. And uh, what can you do about it? But boom, that's a 14 point swing. The Browns are going in on one end. Four plays later, here comes Houston down on the other end. Touchdown. They take the lead there. Then you can go a little bit later in the second half. They're regressing offensively because now Houston knew they got the lead. They're going to town. Boom. They're going to dial it up on defense, and they're going to now pin their ears back and try to see if they can get out of here with the win. They don't care. They were trying to leave with the ugly, gritty victory. Browns looking for a spark, and it was like you know, Bruce just said the announcer curse. How about the opposite when you get what you're looking for? I would, As I'm watching the game, I said, we need something. I said, let's act like the kickoff and the punt returns are not optional here. And I literally said it uh, right after we got the stop or, or whatever it was. Here comes the kickoff. That's what it was. They, they kicked the field goal. And uh, boom, Marlon Moore takes off. Bam, 103-yard kick return. Here goes the flag. It gets called back. Not enough people were even mad about that one because they were complaining about other things from the game. But right there, huge momentum sucked out of the life of the stadium. Uh, Luckily, I didn't get too sucked into it because the flag blew right across the TV screen. Otherwise, we would have been watching it and then been like the the people in the stadium that sat there and went, what just happened? Because they went nuts because, boom, there you go. Just like as you need it. Here comes the kick return to to give you a little bit of life when you're struggling because that's what you need. When your offense isn't happening, man, you got to get it from somewhere. And the defense was getting taxed, and there you go. Uh, that gets called back, and again, just kind of it went from there. And then you had your, you know, you had a couple. I'm not going to really hammer down at the end. Miles Austin, yeah, he didn't complete the pass, but it, w- it wouldn't matter. If Miles Austin would have caught that pass on fourth down, there was the chop block on the play, uh, anyways, with the running back and the lineman there that would have ended up having that one thrown back. And the other one, yeah, it bounced off the receiver and the guy intercepted it. That's That was last gasp stuff there. Really, that stuff didn't make a difference in the tail of the game either way. But uh, the, the game by that point was told, man. And J.J. Watt was all over the place. He had the strip. Well, of course, he had the touchdown reception, which was iffy. But, you know, it's not like the Browns lost by a touchdown. If they did, then we could be complaining about that one. But they didn't, so don't even worry about it. But, yeah, he catches the pass. And then he had the strip. And then he had the, the sack, and uh, he was all over the place. J.J. Watt was just absolutely – and even, like I said, on the plays that he wasn't on, he was still affecting guys. It didn't matter whether you run towards him, whether you run the play away from him, whatever. And he's got some great complimentary pieces, really, with him. And then Clowney, you saw him in on some stuff. I mentioned Cushing many times being able to get in there. Uh, you can see – and you guys can see, if anybody is sitting here after that game – going, yeah, man, how you lose to a bad team like Houston, then you don't know what a bad team is. I'm going to tell you now, Houston's, I'm not saying that Houston is a Super Bowl team. I'm just, they. I mentioned it on Friday. 
they're a team that was definitely not the worst team in the league last year to end up with the number one pick. It was one of those things like that year Indianapolis did it, and they were able to pick up the number one pick. They get luck, and then they jumped right back to where they were before Peyton Manning went down. Houston was maybe not as far along as the Colts, but close enough to it. Uh, As you can see here, they lead the league in turnovers. After being last in the league last year, that defense had injuries, and they had they did not do what they had to do last year. And uh, I'll tell you, Mallet too. I don't know what he's going to do, but you know, for the first day, he gave him what they needed. Hell, you don't need anything out of your quarterback if if Al Blue from LSU is going to go out there and give you 36 carries. He set a record for the uh, for the. Um, for the franchise for Houston, not just for a rookie. At first, he had the rookie record, and then he ran the ball a dozen more times in the second half, ended up with the Texans' record for most rushing attempts in a game. He had 36 for a buck 56, uh, just grinding away, and uh, and only a long of 21, you know. But uh, Crow, 14 of 61 for the Browns, 35 for the long. Uh, other than that, nothing much happened. And Terrence West, very disappointing day for him. Five carries, only 12 yards. And I mentioned definitely what happened with Tate as well. Uh, just didn't even get into the flow of the game. Had only a couple of carries for negative yardage. Nothing really happened in there. Brian Hoyer, 20 of 50. Uh, there was a lot of, just a lot of misconnections out there. Uh, there was issues with the with a lot of, I mean, a lot of it is pass rush related. Uh, yeah, he had 330 yards. It was a, a high, but that's, you know, those are the whatever stats. Not really a big deal. Not into that or anything like that. Had a touchdown, had the interception late in the game. Had two sacks on the record, but definitely could have had more. Got himself out of trouble on a couple of plays where uh, he definitely could have been taken down. But that defense was all over him on so many different plays. Uh, he's got to do better. I'll, I'll say this. Here's where I'm at with Brian Hoyer, and I think this is probably the most fair thing you can say. He didn't cost the Browns the game, but he, he was every bit as guilty as everybody else and why they didn't win it. I mean, there, to me, there is no, hey, you you one person, go stand in the corner. To me, all of you, <laughs> go stand in the corner for the things that happened yesterday. But it is, you know what? To me, I, and again, I'm not, woe is me. Sorry, guys. I'm not... Uh, be all end all here. Let's just act like this was the 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 end of the season and the worst thing ever, man. The Browns lost to a team that, in my opinion, I'll tell you here they sit, five hundred on the season. Let's see what happens. Tell me if four, six weeks from now Houston's not in that wild card conversation because they're getting their defense is strong. They lead the league in takeaways. They've got a one two punch with. Obviously, Blue can play, uh, but you've got Arian Foster, who's one of the best running backs in the NFL. If Ryan Mallett cannot turn the ball over for the next uh, six weeks coming down the stretch, how much do you want to bet Houston perhaps ends up in that conversation for the playoffs by the time this thing comes down the stretch? So just keep that in mind when you're looking at this game. And I get, you know what? I'm going to get the break in here. I'm going to get John McMullen in on this conversation and we'll get his thoughts as well. Because when you start to look around the other scores of the league, I'm, I'm telling you, man, here we go again, Cincinnati coming off what they did. They crushed new Orleans, Denver lose. I'm telling you, that was one I would have lost money on. If you'd asked me to bet it, not that I've got that much against, I mean, St. Louis, St. Louis has already beaten San Francisco and Seattle already this season. So you got to give them their due. But they just made the switch back. They were still fumbling around with the kind of like 
in the Browns situation with the multiple different quarterbacks. So, or not quarterbacks, excuse me, running backs. You, you know, is it Cunningham? Is it going to be Zach Stacy? Or, oh, well, here's Trey Mason, and he's the young guy, but he hasn't gotten enough reps yet, you know? I mean, and boom, they go do what they did. Here you go again with that. So, uh, we're going to get into all of that, and we're going to talk to John McMullen from the Sports Network. Let's see where he's at with this and the Browns. We'll talk more about the game, and I agree with the comment I just saw in the chat room. How about the play of the – maybe the play of the season just just because, man, give that man – you want to give out dog collars with bones? Spencer Lanning better have a dog collar today. That's all I'm going to say because he manned up on that terrible snap. I mean, there you talk about just everybody – sucking at the same time even the crazy snap you know i mean that's just where you go wow this is what we're doing today guys this this is what we're doing okay but spencer lanning he said you know what watch what i do watch what i do that man went old school nfl he ran and ran around and drop kicked that ball and saved his life and saved the browns for that moment in time because look at that You're looking at Houston ending up with the ball probably within the 15 or 10 yard line. And instead, that man gets that ball off the midfield, basically, man, with the drop kick, baby. I love it. Spencer Lanning, somebody give that man a dog collar. That's all I'm saying. All right, guys, we're going to talk more about this. And I know somebody's probably tuning in right now going, what do you mean? You mean this guy's not railing and ranting and the sky's not falling? Look, the Browns stunk yesterday and they lost a football game. They're six and four. They're two games over 500. I'm good. I'm not happy. That game was miserable yesterday. But the Browns are six and four through 10 games. Let's talk about what's next because there's six games left. I'm not going to sit here and do that. I mean, how many of you had all the people that are ranting and raving right now had them winning three games all season long? I'm going to leave it right there. Let's get you some news. Come back with John McMullen from the Sports Network. We'll get his take on it. We'll talk about the Browns. We'll talk more about Brian Hoyer. Three for 14. I'll tell you what. They play the Halloween music on every defensive third down. Yesterday, they could have played it on offensive third downs. Three of 14 on third down. We'll talk more about that. The return of Josh Gordon. Al Blue from LSU. J.J. Watt. We'll talk about the NFL slate of games. Philly and Green Bay and St. Louis and Denver. How about the Patriots and a man named Jonas Gray? We'll talk about all of that when we come back with John McMullen. We've still got Dan Wismar. We're talking Buckeyes football in the snow and hoops and Browns and CSU and OSU and Cavs and man we've just begun this bad boy do me a favor during the break tell somebody else to tune in because we're about to turn up the dial it's about to get cooking up in here so do me a favor click the share button wherever you're listening to the show right now and tell your friends to tune in to the fix when we come back John McMullen from the Sports Network joins us talking Browns and the NFL next here after the news this door with the key of imagination. Beyond it is another dimension. A dimension of sound. A dimension of mind. You're moving into a land of both shadow and substance, of things and ideas. You've just crossed over into The Sports Fix. We'll be right back. 
It's an addiction. The Sports Fix. We'll be right back. Business owners and professionals, do you want to take your business, your product, your team, your event to the next level? You want to advertise right here with the Sports Fix. Our listeners are among the most loyal listeners, terrestrial or internet. The Sports Fix universe is not only the radio show, but tens of thousands of fans on Facebook and Twitter. Email me, Jerry Myers, the Sports Fix at AOL.com. That's the Sports Fix at AOL.com. And let me help you swing for the fences and hit it out of the park right here on the Sports Fix. Whether it's an oil change or a new set of tires, Quick Lane at Valley Ford Truck has you covered for your automotive car care needs. They're your neighborhood quick service experts. They also offer a low price tire guarantee. Choose from 13 brands, and if you find the same tires at a lower price within 30 days, Quick Lane at Valley Ford will refund the difference. They're open late Monday through Thursday until 9 p.m. and open early Saturday so you can check it off your to-do list and get on with your day. They also have a newly remodeled service lounge and additional service bay just for Quick Lane oil changes. Quick Lane at Valley Ford Truck is located at 5715 Canal Road, right under the 480 Bridge in Valley View, just down the road from Independence. 5715 Canal Road, right under the 480 Bridge in Valley View, just down the road from Independence. Come see why life is better in the Quick Lane. Quicklane.com slash Valley Ford Truck. That's Quicklane.com slash Valley Ford Truck. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Portions of the Sports Fix brought to you by Signs and Ship, the official printing source of the Sports Fix. Locations in Ohio, Pennsylvania, Virginia, and Florida. Find out more at SignsAndShip.com. News break. I'm Christine Lisi right now, an arbitrator scheduled today to hear arguments from both the NFL and NFLPA on whether suspended Vikings running back Adrian Peterson should be reinstated immediately before the league doles out any discipline related to his child abuse case. The union filed a grievance with the NFL demanding Peterson be allowed to rejoin the team following his plea agreement. The league ruled he must remain on paid leave in the meantime. Only Commissioner Roger Goodell has the power to remove him from a special exempt list. ESPN's Adam Schefter reporting initial indications are Colts running back Ahmad Bradshaw has a broken ankle, will undergo testing today to determine the severity of the injury and if he needs surgery. 49ers linebacker Ahmad Brooks took himself out of yesterday's game, never returned. According to media reports, Brooks did so after learning he'd split time in his position more than anticipated with Alden Smith and Aaron Lynch playing in nickel. And Harbaugh said it is something that they're working through. Mike Madano, Peter Forsberg, Rob Blake, and Dominic Hoshik among those who will be inducted into the Hockey Hall of Fame tonight in Toronto. 
When you're on the road cheering on your favorite football team, you need a comfortable room to come back to. With nearly 2,000 hotel locations, Hampton has free hot breakfast and free Wi-Fi to help you keep up with your team. Book now at Hampton.com. You're listening to The Sports Fix. Talking about questions that don't have answers. We had a bunch of those coming out of yesterday's game, man. They may have answers, but I don't know how quickly you can fix them. Welcome back, J Rock, back with you here across the Sports Fix Radio Network, getting ready to continue the conversation we're having. Talking Browns, he lost yesterday 23 7 to the Houston Texans, drops the Browns to 6 and 4 through 10 games with the Falcons now. Next team up on the slate. We're going to talk about that with John McMullen from the Sports Network. Here, of course, you guys can keep the conversation rolling on Facebook and Twitter. Facebook.com slash the Sports Fix. Tweet with us at the Sports Fix, C L E, all one word. And of course, you can email us, the Sports Fix at AOL.com. <laughs> Some of you out there can appreciate what I just went through. Have you ever? Just, I mean, because you guys know I've got a lot of things taxing the resources here uh, on my various computers while I'm doing the show. And uh, you know that feeling you get when you're, everything is not, it's just all bogged down and you close that one page and everything just starts working right again and you're like, well, that was it. And it took you a minute to get to it, but you finally click off the right one that for whatever reason, its code is just screwing up your whole computer and locking everything up. Yeah, that happened during the break. And I'm like, all right, man, way to get. I'm telling you, the works were gummed up, much like they were for the Cleveland Browns yesterday. Let's talk about that with my man, John McMullen. He's with us every Monday from the Sports Network syndicated around the country. John, hot. I'm doing well. Probably better than the fans in Cleveland, I would imagine. Uh, definitely some of them for sure, man. Uh, the sky's falling for some people. For others, they look at it as, hey, you know what? It is what it is, 1 in 16, and uh, a lot of people take the tack that I'm with today, which is it stinks. In no way is this the typical, well, you know, it's okay that we lost. It's not, but you still sit at 6-4 and four through 10 games. I continue to say that that's a relatively uh, good place to be. It's still a better place than the Browns have been most of the last basically since they came back since 99, and to me, the sky's not falling. I'll tell you what. I, I'm, I don't know what you think, because I saw some of the, the media people here after the game saying, yeah, a mediocre Texans team. I'm not saying that Texans team is a Super Bowl team, but I said before the last segment before you joined us that I think let's see where they're at at the end of the season, because with that defense continuing to get stronger, they lead the league in takeaways and they've got a running attack and that does win football games. I bet you they're in that playoff hunt all the way till the end, and, and right there, they're not as bad as people thought. You know, with one bad season last year, uh, that they look like getting the number one pick in the draft. They're a similar situation to Indianapolis, not at that extreme, but with the one season drop off, that's a hell of a defense that we saw yesterday. They're gonna be, they're gonna be in this thing all season long. Yeah, I mean, 
they're definitely not a two and fourteen team. We all knew that coming right. in, and it was just uh, you know something that happened. That the season went off the rails with with Matt Schaub last season, and and the you know the four straight games with the pick six, and and all that happened. And, and as I said last week, you know anytime you see JJ Watt, you you know you kind of you gulp a little bit and say okay. <laughs> Let's get through it as best we can. Best defensive player in football by a wide margin. And you got to see him a little bit on offense, too. You know? Yeah, we did. Uh, yeah, we did. He's, he's, uh, he's a he's very unique player, uh, very, very difficult to match up with. And, and as I said last week, he wrecks games uh, yes. by himself on occasion. And he was able to do that uh, yesterday. And, um, they are a better team, and I think they're even a little bit better with the move from, uh, you know, at quarterback to Ryan yeah. Mallett, who obviously isn't proven, but he's got the strong arm and can push it downfield a little bit more than Ryan Fitzpatrick, so I think that kind of opens up. You at least have to respect a little bit more as far as the passing game. Obviously, the thing I was most disappointed with uh, from a Cleveland perspective is the fact that Arian Foster wasn't there, uh, and you know Alfred Blue, Al Blue kind of looked LSU. like uh, <laughs> yeah, kind of looked like Arian Foster, maybe even better than Arian Foster. But uh, you know, so I was a little disappointed in the fact that they weren't able to stop the running game, and and you know, everything kind of kind of fell off from there. Let me let me before we go to Al Blue and start talking about that because you're talking JJ Watt and I said this in the last segment. You know, of course, you know JJ Watt. I love him. He's one of my favorite players, and you see the highlights. I don't watch every play of every Texans game, so I see the highlights. I see the stuff that everybody knows that he does. When you watch him for 60 minutes, when you do get a chance to appreciate, like you said, the way even on the plays that don't show up on the film, how he affects every play, every snap, he wrecks your entire game plan. Man, he is the definition of game changer. I mean. I mean, people say that word a lot about athletic ability, but that's the definition of it where things actually change. And uh, it's just, I really do have such an appreciation for what he brings. He God, would I love to see a guy like that wearing an orange helmet, that's for sure, because that's, that, that's why people talk about MVP, not just defensively. That's why people look at me and go, no, nah, man, that guy's, I mean, even a guy like Aaron Rodgers is where you, you go, wow, that's an MVP, but... He affects his team the same way that a quarterback does, man. He makes so many game-changing plays that he's right there in that conversation for just the MVP. Yeah, he is. And, I, you know, I I don't even think yesterday was one of his better games, if that gives you right, a, of the penalties <laughs> perspective and stuff. On, yeah, exactly. on, what he does, on what he does from week to week. I thought that was just an average J.J. Watt game. And um, he uh, is, you know, he's the most, dominant defensive player I've seen since Reggie White was in his prime. LT, and I, White, I dare yeah. say he's a little bit more uh, dominant because of his length and the way he just you know, constantly is able to bat balls down and, and constantly change throwing trajectory, and that's something that Reggie wasn't able to do, just pure size and length. Uh, yeah, he's He's as good as it gets, 
in a, in a different era, in a different environment. I, I kind of, you know, I don't put him up. He's certainly a worthy, uh, he belongs in the conversation for MVP. I think that's Aaron Rodgers' uh, yeah. <laughs> award to lose simply because of the position and the way the, the league is set up now. It's just the position he plays is, is just more impactful. But as far as best individual football players, I would say there's two guys you can't match up with in this league. You absolutely can't. One on There's one on defense, it's J.J. Watt. There's one on offense, it's Rob Gronkowski. And to me, those are the two best pure football players going today. You got it. I mean, and you just, there is no matching up with them. You just hope that you can survive them, man. And uh, and absolutely, you know, an appreciation for that. He caught the offensive touchdown, too, yesterday, man. He was, he's got four now on the season all over the place. And uh, and I'm with you. You know, it really is. If he's not playing against the Browns, that's a pleasure to watch a guy like that play football because you can just go, wow, you don't see him like that every day. That's for sure. And uh, and now, okay, you and, brought and, up at, oh, and the second ahead, thing before I let you go on, the yeah. second thing about him is if you look at other teams around the NFL, and you know, you'll see guys play their position. Uh, what J.J. Watt's capable of doing, he moves up and down the line. Yes. So no matter where you weak on the offensive line, that's where they're going to put him. That's what's you know, great about it. They can yeah. hit your weakness with him and just move. They were doing it to us yesterday. He's going here, going there. And then what do you do when you've got a game plan for that? And then you got guys like Brian Cushing or Jadavian Clowney or whatever. And then you just, that's where havoc can be wrecked by that defense. Yeah. And that's, that's what makes him so unique is because of the versatility uh, and the fact that so many players around this league are so uncomfortable when they're asked to to get out of their comfort zone. So if they play right end, they want to play right end. If they play left end, they want to play left end. They don't want to move around. Um, and, you know, he doesn't care. He just goes <laughs> where where he feels he has the best where chance. Where can we wreak of, havoc, of, you know? Yeah, exactly. And, you know... You mentioned Jadavian Clowney. He he's barely played this year because of injuries. Uh, when he gets going and he gets up to speed, you know the fact that you're going to have both of them yep. on the field at the same time. Uh, it's going to be it's going to be something special for for Houston for a while. I saw him flash once or twice yesterday, and that's exactly what I said to the guys I was watching the game with. I said, man, I said, that's why you take him up near the top of the draft like you do, man, because that's going to be something right there, man. And I mentioned Cushing. Oh, man, I'm sure you saw the game. He obliterated Brian Hoyer on a couple of shots yesterday, man. And, uh, wow, the one I was really not sure that Brian Hoyer was going to be able to keep playing. Uh, he did, but, uh, man, they were just they were all over. I, I said it at the beginning. I saw Pat McManaman from ESPN wrote it up. Uh, the line that wrapped up his article I thought was the best way to sum up that game. Never was there a better example of how a game's won and lost completely in the trenches in the NFL because they were uh, all over. I mentioned three times – Brian Hoyer, I had somebody say that Brian Hoyer fell down. I said, no, what actually happened is he, his lineman was pushed back so fast off the snap 
that he tripped his foot of the quarterback in the regular drop back. It wasn't like there was any reason that should happen. And uh, that's how much they were just dominant there. And so much of that, as we said, comes from J.J. Watt. But on the other side, you mentioned Al Blue and, and their inability to stop him. He, when they needed it, he got it over and over and over again. Set a Texans franchise record for most carries at 36, and he had a buck 51. And pretty much the only thing he didn't do was end up in the end zone because other than that, he was uh, he was doing his thing. Yeah, I think you know they got whipped up front. I think it started with the with the line and, and sure. you know specifically Wynn and Bryant didn't do a good job and. Uh, and it starts. It's it starts from there and and. Uh, you know, it's difficult. As I said, you kind of expect going into a game with Houston, okay, we got to stop the run, you know, Aaron Foster, right. everything he's been able to do. Uh, and then, you know, it could be human nature and the fact that you you breathe that sigh of relief and say, okay, there's no Foster. We don't have, you know, I, who's Al Blue? Uh, I, I think that might have been some of it. But, you know, when he's getting the ball 30 times, at some point you got to say, okay, we got to. Yes. You got to stop this, and I, I just didn't see that yesterday from the from the Browns defense, and that's what the NFL is. We talk about it, you know. One week they look like world beaters in Cincinnati, and the next week you can't stop Alfred Blue. I, I, who can predict this league? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, and you saw that. Cincinnati goes from what they did to complete. <laughs> Andy Dalton, a 2.0 passer rating against the Browns, 143 yesterday, you know? So it flips around just like that. That defense, by the way, talking about Watt and, and Brian Cushing and what they did, Hoyer yesterday, 15 times he was under pressure or hit or sacked, second highest in a game this season, which makes sense because this is probably his second worst game of the season right there with Jacksonville. And he was three of 13 when under that duress, under the passing, as we saw it. And, and I think that played itself out. We talked about it. I mentioned some of those hits that he took and uh, they were just, like you said, whipped in the trenches. And then talking about that run defense, it gets hit even more. And I throw back to last week, we were talking and uh, I remember Kendall Lewis, one of the guys that we talked to looking at the game said, man, I mean, I'm not saying any, I mean, they're doing it so far, but when guys keep going out, how many times can you do that? How many guys can you lose and replace? I know it's next man up here yesterday. You mentioned Billy Wynn. He gets injured. Jabal Sheard goes down. Then, of course, the big one, Carlos Dansby, who may be a much more serious injury. Who knows exactly what it is? He could have a sprained MCL and or even worse here. But those just completely thin out that front group even more. I don't even know if they were had any spare defensive linemen left by the end of the game yesterday because that front was so taxed. Yeah, and you really mentioned Dance, man. I mean, to me, he's been the leader of that defense. Yes. He stepped in, and I questioned that signing in the offseason simply because of his age and 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 the change from DeQuell Jackson. But it's, you know, because he was such a leader. But uh, it's worked out you know, to this point. He's had a tremendous year. Uh, and the fact that it's so difficult to lose the leader on the defensive side of the ball. So. Yeah, that's one you really, really have to keep an eye on. Uh, and, you know, it's it's a cliche, but that's what football is. It's a war of attrition. And, and you know, the teams that handle injuries the best, you know, trademark the Arizona Cardinals. 
you know, go pretty far in this league. Uh, and you see in Arizona, they're nine and one, but there's no Darnell Dockett, there's no John Abraham, there's no Darrell Washington. Of course, you know that's suspension, not injury, but still he's not there. Uh, there's no Carson Palmer. They go out and win again for the third time in four games. So uh, there is, uh, uh, you know, everyone likes to talk about it. Next man up. Not a lot of teams really embrace it and keep moving forward and playing. And and we'll see the teams that do and handle it the best are, are generally the most successful. For sure. And so now the Browns find themselves with many other teams here. We're ent- entering the six-game run. I know for some teams it's five. But six-game run for the Browns here and for most of the league down the stretch of the season where – a whole group of teams is right there. Six win teams. I mean, it's going to be very competitive. And of course, the division, all of it separated by a game, game and a half, up and down. It's going to stay that way until the last week. So here comes the run. Everybody's going to make it. And then whichever teams survive are going to be the teams that make the playoffs. Can the Browns do it? I think uh, it's going to be interesting. We've seen the. We've seen the game plan here. Obviously, we just mentioned the two worst games in my opinion. Not in my opinion, in reality. Hoyer's two worst games this season. Yesterday in Jacksonville, no doubt. Uh, You compare out of the run that the Browns have had. In those two games, 39, less than 40. It's 39.4% was his passing numbers. It was 36 of 91 against Houston and Jacksonville. In the three wins with Cincinnati and the uh, Tampa and Oakland there, 55 of 85 in those games, 65%. Uh, Browns, obviously, in the second half, completely got away from the run, which I got to say, that one got to me a bit with the play calling because even in the, the earlier part of the season, when they were struggling running the ball, they kept doing it. They kept running late in the game, keeping the play action going. Uh, yesterday, I recall one series, and this was earlier in the game, where they just threw three deep passes. One, two, three in a row. Uh, nobody was really open. They just threw down the field long three times in a row. I was a bit confused with that. They ended up throwing 50 times, ran the ball just 24. That is a flashback to 2013 all over again. That's last year all over again. So they got away from it, and they ended up throwing the ball far too much. Browns don't win that way because that's not what this Cleveland Browns team does. I'm plain and simple. So if teams take away the run, the Browns are going to have to find a way to deal with that. And, of course, this week, maybe that gets a little bit easier. Maybe not because you do have the return of Josh Gordon. Talk to me a bit. I know we mentioned last week he doesn't come in with a cape. He's not coming in to save the day, but I think the threat of that, the threat of what he did last season when he came in after his suspension does have some impact. It's not going to be game changer, but I think perhaps it opens things up a bit. What do you think? Oh, it'll open things up. There's no question about that. I mean, it was only two games last year, but he did come in with a cape. Uh, you know, yeah, obviously, no you know, he, he hit the ground running. Uh, ten games are a little bit different, obviously. I mean, you know, we're going to have to see uh, how, you know, what kind of shape he's in. If he's in, you know, football shape, which I would, you know, find it hard to believe. But you know, superior athletes like that, they tend to, they tend to not need much time to ramp things up. Now, whether that takes a week or two weeks, I think it'll happen relatively soon. And the, and the fact of the matter is, you just have to respect him. You have to. I mean, there are few 
people on the outside that can do the things he can do in this league. So just from the fact that he's on the field, uh, it's going to open up things for everybody else, whether it's the running game, whether it's Hawkins, whether it's Gabriel, whether it's Miles Alston, everything. Uh, he, you know, you just have to respect that ability. Uh, and, you know, we'll see how Cleveland's able to take advantage of it. I kind of agree with you. It's it's pretty evident that, you know, Brian Hoyer shouldn't be throwing the ball 50 times. Now, we understand you're you're behind in the game, and some of it is that. Right. Uh, but that's just the bottom line. And the running game wasn't there. You know, Kroll's numbers don't look that bad, but, you know, I think one was at 30-something. That was it, run. yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, you know, the other 12 or 13 runs were basically for nothing. Yep. Uh, and nobody else could get anything going. So, but still, as you mentioned, you have to you have to keep going. It wasn't the game. Uh, no. you know, I think it was it was fourteen seven at halftime, and even at the end of the third, it was seventeen seven. Um, so, you know, there's no reason to completely abandon it. Uh, so I, I kind of agree with you there. I thought that was a, a, a bad coaching miscalculation. And they hadn't done that. Like, even when they were trailing late in games, they kept with the run, which is what other teams said made them have to keep respecting the play action and all of that because the Browns just wouldn't stop trying to run the ball. So that really kind of that what that's what got me about it is that this is one of the only times this season that they changed their MO there a bit and i'm going to say this because we brought it up last week there's clearly problems brewing with Ben Tate we mentioned what was coming last week but there's no way in the world no way in the world that he is not unhappy with not maybe not not just not getting the start but not getting any opportunities against his former team he had to have that game circled on his calendar and i know it's all about whatever the team wants to do but i'm just thinking of it as an individual he had to have that game circled on his calendar and and licking his chop you want to play the team that you used to play for you know and not only does he not start but he gets two carries he gets negative nine yards there were already problems that started coming out last week this is just going to speed along that process Uh, what do you think yeah, I you know you hate to see it. Uh, anybody who's unhappy and kind of—it's one thing if you're three and six, and you start rumbling about you know your unhappiness with not getting enough touches and things like that, uh, you know. But the fact that they were coming in to that game six and three, yeah. you know, you want to keep it under wraps at, at a situation like that because. You know, more than anything else, you come off bad uh, because, you know, the team is having success and, and you look like a malcontent and, and uh, you kind of take a hit to your own reputation. But uh... Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, obviously, he would have liked to had a a much bigger impact against his former team and the fact that I'm sure in his mind that he thinks he could have gotten that running game going. Uh, yeah, it, it, it's got to be frustrating, but at the same time, you know, as we always say, you know, this is not, even after the loss, it's not typical for Cleveland to play meaningful football this late in the season. The fact that they're doing it, it's not, it's not the time to bring things like that up. No, and that that that's part of it too. But he definitely did, and I just see it now coming. I'm like, okay, if this was already Fisher now, then you know, to me, I think it's just the beginning of it. You know, and he got he got two what was it two carries, negative nine yards yesterday, and and again, I get it. They abandoned the run, and I understand that. Um, but still, I, I can see that coming. You hate to see it because, as we said, there's, what, 10 teams now coming out of this weekend that are bunched up there in that category of six-win teams that are all trying to get those playoff spots that are going to be chasing it. Browns are heading to Atlanta. And you know what? While we're talking about stuff, because I'm telling you, and I mean, I'm sure you see it being a, being on the national level. You kind of see a little bit of what's coming in. You talk to guys like us. You see each individual town, some of the uh, – some of the things that are being talked about. Obviously, a lot of people here act that the season's over. The sky's fallen. I'm just curious, you know, how many people in Denver woke up this morning and thought, man, our season just went off the trails. What happened yesterday, you know? And, I mean, again, it speaks to, I brought this up earlier, what you and I have been talking about this year more than any. And maybe there's just something in the water more than usual this season. But, man, from one week to the next, whether it's, whether it's uh, Andy Dalton going 2.0 against the Browns and going nearly perfect against the Saints, whether it's the, the I mean, Sean Hill coming in here and leading the, the Rams, and here comes Trey Mason, and here's a team that you're, they're coming off a switch back to the quarterback. You're thinking, okay, that's, that's where their season stops being fun and starts getting a lot more difficult, and then, boom, they jump on and take advantage of some injuries, and they beat the Broncos, and, and you just go week to week. One week a team gets blown out. Out, comes out the next week and blows out another team that they weren't expected to even compete with. It's uh, It's been one wacky regular season so far here in the NFL. Yeah, it has. And, you know, we always talk about it. And that's why, you know, teams can't be like fans all that much. And that and the fact that they have to understand that this is just one game. And, you know, it doesn't matter uh, if you lose by giving up you know, 50-plus points like the Eagles did to Green Bay or Chicago did the week before, or you lose 7-6, to six, it's still one loss and you got to move on. It's not the end of the season. You're playing, as I said, meaningful football uh, deep in the season. And it's even made so much tougher for the fact that the, the AFC North is so competitive. And we saw it yeah. last week with, with Cleveland, and all of a sudden Cleveland's in first, uh, excuse me, all of a sudden, Cincinnati's back in first place after laying that egg against Cleveland. One week later, they they 
they bounce back. They're right back in first place. Uh, and that's going to be the way it is in this division because I don't see any of the four teams going away. Nope. Uh, and it's going to be they're going to be beating up on each other, and and whoever's w- able to withstand uh, things going forward, uh, it's going to be very difficult, in my opinion, to get a wild card out of the division simply because I, I do think they're going to beat each other up to a certain degree. Um, so it, it's going to be nip and tuck throughout, and and you have to understand as a player that okay, you know. We lost the game we thought we could win, but it's not the end of the world. you got to get right back to work. Absolutely. Now, next week, real quick, talking about all these teams and competing. Here's the opposite, by the way, of the AFC North. You get the, the Falcons and the Saints, and they're struggling. Four wins, and they're leading the division over there. It's the anti-AFC North. What do you expect when the Browns and the Falcons hook up next week here? We would mentioned Josh Gordon being back in, saw what happened with Atlanta yesterday. They held on with uh, Carolina. Atlanta's been a Jekyll and Hyde team all season. They've got weapons. They can beat you, but they don't always show up. They are going to be the home team. So what do you expect to see when the Browns and the Falcons hook it up? Well, you know, I'd be much more comfortable if the game was in Cleveland because Atlanta is uh, tends to be a much better team in the dome, yes. and obviously it'll be there. But you know, the one thing is they're they're four and six. They're leading that awful division, I know. but they're four and they're four and zero oh in the division. So they're zero oh and six out of the division. So a- any time they get out of the division, they haven't been able to compete, and that bodes well for Cleveland. Uh, but, you know, anytime you see Matt Ryan and, and, and Julio Jones and Roddy White, you got to be a little bit scared about, you know, getting getting beat down the field. But I think you've seen enough of the Falcons and, and to know that uh, they're not a great team by any stretch of the imagination. They, they struggle on both sides of the ball uh, up front. So, you know, their offensive line is weak. Their defensive line is weak. And their defense as a whole is is a big issue. So this is a chance for, for the Browns to get the running game going again. And I, and I think that's got to be their mentality because you want to play a ball control type game yep. to keep it away from Matt Ryan. Absolutely. Physical football for sure there. And uh, it's just, it's funny. And looking at that South, man, four and six teams fighting at the top. Then you got Carolina and Tampa Bay down at the bottom, man. Meanwhile, the whole AFC North practice. Yeah, Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay's right back in it. They won their six. <laughs> exactly. Think about that. They are two and eight, and they are two games out of first place in that division, yeah. man. That is ridiculous. Carolina's three, seven, and one. They're even closer to first place, man. That is yeah, a, that's Tampa Bay has right a, a, I think Tampa Bay's 0 and 5 at home. 0 and 5 at home. Uh, yes. 0 and yeah, 5. Could, 0 and 4 they, in the division. <laughs> and, and they're right back in it because they got one win in Washington. They're yeah, 0 and 4 a, a in the division. division. Oh, it's terrible. Absolutely terrible, man. Uh, I'll tell you what. Uh, let's look around, though, while we're talking about the NFL and some of this stuff. We mentioned that Denver game there as they drop one and a couple of injuries. I don't know if you've heard anything uh, coming out, coming out, but I saw that uh, Sanders got banged up. Uh, Julius Thomas was out. Monty Ball was out. They definitely got knocked around a bit yesterday. 
Yeah, they did. Uh, you know, it's one of those things. I mean, St. Louis is, you know, we all think, well, they stink. And, but they beat some very, very good teams this year. They, they've they been yeah, a team that, that kind of plays up and down to their competition. And, and uh, generally, when they play a good opponent, they play well. And, and the one thing they have is that front four, which had a difficult, difficult time at the beginning of this season. Uh, but when they turned it on about week five or so, uh, they've really turned it on, and, and they're difficult to deal with, and that's how they won that game. That front just put incredible pressure uh, on Peyton Manning, and uh, as evidenced by the fact, I mean, to give up seven points in this era to the Denver Broncos. That's nuts. I didn't think that was, I, I didn't think that was possible. I mean, you, you think Denver can get beat, but you expect a, them to lose, you know, I don't know, 34, 31, yeah. or 34, yeah. 27. Uh, you never expect uh, them to get physically manhandled the way the Rams did it. But, you know, Robert Quinn, Aaron Donald, Michael Brockers, that front four is really difficult to deal with. And, and it's not even about the number of sacks. It's just about the pressure they put on and, and the fact what? that. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, Sorry, the fact that ahead. they don't need the blitz at times. Because the front four is so good, and I, I think that's kind of what happened uh, yesterday. The injuries, you know, Emmanuel Sanders took a massive hit, concussion, but yeah. you would imagine he's going to be, you know, if he's not okay this week, it won't be that long. And, and we'll see about Julius Thomas, obviously. Uh, you know, an ankle injury is far more significant, but... Uh, we'll see how bad that is. Uh, you know, Monte Ball, they have enough depth at running back to overcome that. Uh, but, you know, it's a bad, bad effort by the Broncos. No question about that. Yeah, and that's a couple of times in a couple of weeks now with New England. I'll talk about that in a minute, but you mentioned that front. People shouldn't be surprised about that because I remember how much going into the season people were anticipating that what that defense could do over there and be in one of the one of the surprise defenses of, over there with Seattle or excuse me St. Louis and what that front is able to do some of those guys so definitely not a surprise at all uh what they've done just uh interesting to see as you said they've beaten even though San Francisco is what it is I'll put them in that category they beat San Francisco Seattle here now Denver and uh, you're beginning to see them it's a lot I, I see a lot of a lot of the similarities of things they do into what kind of a team kind of over here with Cleveland I mean obviously a little difference in the record and some positions but you can see a lot of the way they win games being the same the way they lose games can be the same too um Let's look at like looking around. Couple of offensive explosions. Green Bay. We've already talked a couple of times today about Aaron Rodgers. Uh, I thought there'd be a shootout. There were seventy-three points scored, but Green Bay put fifty-three of those on the board, and Philadelphia came down a little bit to to earth. They still put twenty points on the board, but doesn't matter when Aaron Rodgers is going half a hundo like he did last night, and he is clearly uh, back in full Aaron Rodgers mode here. Packers sit at seven and three now, five and zero oh at home. And uh, hopefully, some people are relaxed. Yeah, well, they should be. I, I this is a this is a bold statement, but I'm going to make it. I, I don't think anybody has ever played the quarterback position better than Aaron Rodgers is playing it right now. Wow! It is ridiculous the throws this guy is making, uh, the windows he fits the ball into. You know, people. Uh, if you saw the first touchdown to Jordy Nelson. 
deep oh, yeah. down the right sideline. He, he had a step on his defender. That ball was placed in a bucket right in front of him, 40 yards down the field. It just didn't break one inch of his stride. It's phenomenal. It and and he did it three or four times yesterday. He did it the same thing against Chicago. He did it on national TV against Minnesota. It's astonishing uh, what he is able to do. And when he extends the play, forget about it. Forget about it. You're done. You are done. <laughs> it it is true. the only team in football, literally the only team in football, you want them to... Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Run their play. You want them to run the play. Because if it, if it breaks down, if you get a good pass rush and he extends the play, if you're a fan watching your team, just put your head down. Because it's going to be a 30-yard <laughs> completion down the field. I've never seen. I've never seen. I have never seen anything like it. I'm a huge Aaron Rodgers fan. Trust me, always have been. Man, I love that guy, and I've always been a. I've got a soft spot for the Packers. Anyway, I tell people all the time. They say, "Well, why the Packers?" I say, "Because when the Browns left, I needed." A team, like uh, some some semblance of rooting interest, while there was no football. So for me, it became the Packers because they're that old school, that that team that to me they're. I don't want to say America's team. I know Dallas people would get mad, but they're owned by the people, quote unquote, and they're they're old school. You know, like the Browns. I don't know. Whatever for whatever reason, during the time we had no football, I kind of became a Packers fan, and I've just kind of always had a rooting interest for them ever since. Man, I like that franchise, but I love. Aaron Rodgers, and I agree with you, man. Just a, a true artist at the position. But uh, defensively, we're talking all this about Aaron Rodgers. Look at what that Green Bay defense did. I mean, uh, an offense. Well, that's that another thing. Really, I don't. Yeah. I, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I don't believe in that Green Bay defense at all. But they I did think, yesterday. I, I think. I think talent-wise, it's 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 certainly in the bottom half of the NFL. It's probably bottom ten. Uh, there's especially up the middle. They're awful against the run. Uh, the secondary's, you know, iffy at best. It's easy to play defense when you're up fifty to twenty. I mean, you just pin your ears back and and play Madden and and say Clay Matthews go get the quarterback, and they can look phenomenal at times. Uh, you know, and this just more speaks to the greatness of Rodgers because that's what great. Uh, quarterbacks do. They make everybody else better. Not only on the offensive side of the ball, uh, 
on the defensive side of the ball because you're always up 14. And, you know, you're behind <laughs> the eight ball. You, you look up, you're, you walk in the Lambeau field, and, and you you're look up losing. five minutes into the game, you're down two touchdowns. Yep. And all of a sudden you're like, well, what the hell do we do now? God forbid you have to punt it a, a, a third time. And, and by the way, Tim Nashday, the punter, he doesn't even get to rest when they, when they play in, in, in Lambeau because they don't need them. They've ever punt. I know. It, I know. It's, it's astonishing. It is astonishing uh, the level he's playing. I don't, believe, I don't believe in that defense at all. I don't think it's a good defense. I don't think it's been a good defense in four years. Uh, I think Dom Capers is, you know, behind the curve as far as scheme goes. Uh, I think there's tremendous, tremendous holes. And that's why I think, you know, I, in, as, as, as everything I've gushed about Aaron Rodgers, I don't think they're winning the Super Bowl simply because the Super Bowl is not likely going through Green Bay. And I think they'll have to go on the road. And I think that defense will lose a game. I really do. Uh, I think it's that bad. Uh, They've gotten better, but I will give you that they played Chicago last week and then here. But, I mean, really, I thought slowing down the Eagles, and I know what you're saying. That game really was over quick. You had the turnovers, and you had next thing you know it's with 30-6 to or whatnot. So I know what you're saying there because you made Philadelphia one-dimensional. But uh, I I thought they were getting better. I hear you, though. I do hear you. That's going to be the Achilles heel for them. Yeah, I mean, it, it, he's able to mash deficiencies, and that's what great players do. Uh, and, you know, I, I think you saw it earlier in the season. I mean, you know, they don't have B.J. Raji. They move Clay Matthews yeah, from he's like outside a linebacker to inside because they can't yeah. stop the run. They know they can't stop the run. It just doesn't mean anything when you're behind by 20, 21 points. And, and think about that because – you know, the the one knock on Clay Matthews' game is the fact he can't stop the run. But he's, that did have inside, whether it's Brad Jones, A.J. Hawk, whoever they're throwing in there. Uh, so, you know, if you think back to the, you know, a, a couple years ago when Adrian Peterson, you know, ran for 200 yards on him twice, uh, now that's Adrian Peterson. But still, I you know, right. if it's Jim Brown – if it's Adrian Peterson, hey, it could be Marshawn Lynch here yards, in the playoffs, you know? Yeah. If you give up 200 yards for a running back, you can't stop the run. I don't care who it is. Um, and, and it, you know, it, it's going to be an issue at some point because you would think, uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers can't keep playing at this level. Although, <laughs> who knows? Then again, exactly. Like don't say that too soon, man, because yeah. – He'll prove you wrong. He'll tell you to relax and throw a couple it's of touchdowns. Things, <laughs> things are more difficult on the road, you know. Absolutely, it, absolutely. Because you 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 don't have the crowds that that crowd in Green Bay is tremendous. And the fact that if you watch a Packers game, they understand it's a very smart crowd. Uh, they understand they have to be quiet uh, so Rodgers can make his adjustments at the line of scrimmage. And obviously, you go on the road. You're not able like, to do that. You have silent yeah. counts. Uh, you have that extra half tick for the defensive line to get off the ball. So things are just more difficult for everybody. It's like uh, the Peyton Manning thing. The when he would, 
Yeah, when Peyton Manning was at home, everybody gets quiet and lets him do the Peyton Manning thing and then yeah, Omaha exactly. and all of that. And then when we go on the road, it's a little bit of a different story. Exactly, man. So my my thought process is at some point, you know, somebody's going to be able to run the ball, play a, a game on the road against, you know, at home. The Packers would be on the road against the Packers, and, and that'll accentuate some of the deficiencies they have. Uh, but you're right. I mean, if he plays at the level he's playing at, it's they're going to be very difficult to beat. For sure. For sure. Going to be interesting as that thing shakes out. When we get to play, I love uh, when, they, when you get the – I like the regular season in the NFL, but I love when we get down to the nitty gritty too, because all these things you you get to things like what happens when Green Bay's got to go to Seattle and face a running back like beast mode, or the you know things like that. Man, I, I gotta tell you, even if the Browns, even if the Browns were to were to find a way to get in the playoffs here, regardless of whether you think they will or not, that run deficiency on defense to me is the Achilles heel that we're talking about two months from now going, man, we, we always knew that was a problem when some some team with a good running back, it could be Houston again. I'm just saying they they get loose, and that, that'll be what stops you from getting where you want to go anyway. Hey, something else I want to bring up. While, while we, you and I, have uh, raved about Mr. Sammy Watkins a time or two and while the Browns should have took him, the other guy that I said, if you don't take him, Take this one, Mike Evans. Look at what he's start. He's really starting to emerge. Two hundred nine yards yesterday, a couple of touchdowns. Man, he's really starting to uh, show the NFL. Hey, I'm here and I'm ready to play some ball. Yeah, I mean his his deal's a little bit different. That's he's just got tremendous length. Obviously, six five guy, tremendous athleticism, ball skills. I you know. To me, that's what the NFL's turning into a little bit in the fact you saw it with Chicago yesterday and when Chicago's going well like they were last year with Jeffrey and Marshall, just these big guys who are capable of, of going up and getting the ball. Uh, but they're not really route runners, and that's that was my concern with Mike Evans. You know, When he was in college, he lined up on one side of the field. That's it. He never moved. Uh, he... he you know, he was way behind the curve as far as that goes, and he's still behind the curve uh, as far as that goes. But he just has uh, tremendous, tremendous, you know, athletic gifts. And he, and there are certain games where he's just going to explode because no one can match up with him. But I don't think the consistency is going to be there from week to week uh, until, you know, he starts to learn his craft, so to speak. And that's why I think I'll tell you know, Sandy Watkins has the has the brighter future. I think he's learning it, though, week to week here. Uh, speaking of even with the route running, which I know some people did have questions with, I got a kick out of McCallum talking about uh, how they changed a route during the motion. I don't know if you heard that in the in the postgame press conference, but uh, literally while Evans was going in motion, he called for a switch in the route, and they, they called it during the motion, and then, bam, hit him for the uh, first touchdown there in the game. But three weeks in a row now, 100-yard games, three in a row, first rookie to do that since Randy Moss back in 98 and first rookie to have 
200 yards receiving and two touchdowns since Anquan Bolden in 2003. Both a couple of good uh, uh, milestones to set yourself after. But I'm with you about it. But I'll tell you, uh, he's showing me, with, even with the route running in the last couple of weeks, a, a willingness to evolve his game with that size. I do think that he could be something special, man. Obviously, I had a thing for Sammy Watkins, too. I mean, that I wanted him in the brown and orange so bad. But uh, I did very much like Evans as well. No, I'm with you. I mean, obviously, as you said, you mentioned, you know, Randy Moss. He got, yeah. yeah, obviously doesn't have that Randy Moss speed, but nope. as far as as far as length and ball skills, that's what he's comparable to. But you know, you're right. I mean, he knew you can't line up on one side in the NFL. So, you know, from the from the first day in training camp, you know, the learning process started, uh, and you know, you can bet. They've been on him from day one of training camp, day one of mini camp. To, you know, this is what you're going to have to do to turn into a superstar. And obviously, he has the the athletic ability yeah. to do it. Uh, and you know, the fact that McCown's back in there, I think that'll help because you know, you look back to where was where was McCown last year in Chicago, and he he excelled at throwing those jump balls to Marshall and Jeffrey. Sure he did. knows how to throw the ball to those big receivers, uh, and I think I think that's going to only help him as 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 the season moves on. Think about how McCown locked on with Alshon Jeffrey, and I remember you know fantasy people talking about the difference when Chicago switched quarterbacks to to Marshall's favorite quarterback or or Jeffrey's favorite yesterday. Evans, seventy three percent of McCown's passing yards go to him. He definitely likes to find that guy that he has that connection with. And go after him. I mean, we saw that last year with uh, Brandon Wheaton and Josh Gordon. That became his his kind of go to was drop back, look for Gordon, then start looking around anywhere else. Uh, so, uh, yeah, McCown's McCown's really really good at back shoulder yeah. stuff, and he's really yeah, and good at, at uh, he's really good at throwing the ball up. Uh, and, and with those guys, you yeah. know, most most corners are in this league are five ten, five eleven. So. If you throw the ball up, you know, three, four inches above a six, five. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durban Marshall credit card bill. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Receiver. Uh, it's going to be really, really difficult for any 5'10 cornerback to get his hand on that. And that's exactly what he's he's really, really good at doing. You know it. And coming out of that game, I got to just mention, I made the mistake. I miscalculated. I thought RG3 may have a good, you know, fantasy football-wise. I put him in my lineup I said in one of my leagues. I said, you know what? That Tampa defense, not good. Uh, I, I don't – I'm not – 
I'm not a big fan of what they're doing over there. I think RG3 should be able to give me a good fantasy day, man. He throws a couple of picks, goes down six times on sacks. Uh, definitely wasn't a good game for him either. He's uh, he's man. It's not man. It's not coming together for the Redskins at all. No, it's it's another thing, and you, you kind of wonder where do you go from here. Uh, Deshaun Jackson kind of took a shot at RG3. RG3 yep. kind of took a shot at everybody, which started it. And and that's the one thing. It's it's Travis. You know, clearly, <laughs> clearly he has more talent than Colt McCoy or Kirk Cousins or anybody else. But you know. Part of the position in eight, uh, part of the quarterback position is leadership, and it's pretty evident he's not a great leader by the mere fact that nobody wants to follow him. Uh, and until that light goes off, you know, Washington's got some issues uh, because it's really difficult to build a team around a quarterback, and, and they don't believe in that particular quarterback, and that's the conundrum I think the Redskins are in right now. Oh, yeah, I agree with you, no doubt about that. And, and you know, I, people that have listened to the show for years know I was I was definitely in that other side that said, please don't go trade the next five years of your franchise for for RG3 when the Browns were in that whole thing. And, and you know, I feel somewhat, uh, somewhat right about that, even though he may have had a highlight or two along the way. Uh, it just, I mean... Besides all the co- conflicts with personalities and egos and all the things that have gone on behind the scenes, I think you see the physical toll that that style takes in today's NFL. You know, I mean, they are bigger, stronger, and faster. And you're seeing that when they, when they do catch you. You may be able to run away from them for a while, but when they do catch you, you eventually know that you've been caught and uh, and things start to go go downhill quickly. Hey, want to talk real quick. Wouldn't, wouldn't want to end this without mentioning New England. You know, from of course, and I don't know who was foolish enough to write them off so early in the season, but not only have they bounced back to become probably the best team in the NFL or right there in the conversation, but they've now taken care of their top couple of contenders for that. for that, at least for who would want to be in that area when they've they've gone heads up here with Denver and the Colts now. 42-20, to 20, Patriots behind Gray. Man, Jonas Gray, he went to town last night. Came in, who left for touchdown Jonas Gray? Yeah, and, you know, I we talk about J.J. Watt. Now it's time to talk about Rob Gronkowski, this turnaround. Man, you know, people, he's coming on. People immediately point to Tom Brady. Tom Brady, obviously, is Tom Brady. I'm not trying to detract from him, but this really this really started when Gronkowski got healthy uh, and started playing like the old Gronk. And yesterday he just dominated again. And more than anything, it was in the running game. Uh, just seal block after seal block, to, you know. And and as you said, Jonas Gray looks like Adrian Peterson. You know, 199 <laughs> yards and four touchdowns. Uh, I I don't know. As I said before, I I don't know if there's a, another offensive player uh, that's more difficult to match up with than Rob Gronkowski and and. Now that they have Tim Wright and, and they can kind of duplicate what they had in the past with, with Gronkowski and Aaron Hernandez and that too tight on offense, that's kind of what has set New England up and, and turned them back into the the juggernaut that they've been. And to me, they look like the most complete team in football 
because as we said, we just talked about Green Bay. I think uh, I think they have a lot more pieces defensively, even with some injuries, especially in the defensive backfield. When you talk about Revis and now Brandon Browner's back, and and they you know McCourty's a Pro Bowl level safety. So I, I think they're the most complete team in football. Yeah, I agree with you, man. And we've seen that now. You've seen those three teams kind of match up with each other, and you see where things shake out. Of the Colts, kind of the the stepchild of the of the three. When you're talking Denver, New England, and the Colts, Colts have now been knocked down by both of those teams as they, uh, like I said, kind of shown their place at the table. Hey. It's not your turn yet. We're not exactly ready to go anywhere. And I think when it shakes down, man, it's. I said it when they were when they were on New England earlier. I said, you watch all you people talking trash. I think you and I were saying it. So we'll see who's still around at the end of the season. They'll still be right there. And uh, I'll tell you, it's not very often that they do it with a decent running attack. The years that they do have one, the the Patriots are mighty tough to beat. Well, you asked before about, you know, how other cities, you know, handle losses. <laughs> Look no further than Boston. And after the the Patriots lost to Kansas City uh, on, on that, I think it was a Monday night game. Or it could have been, you know, they lost 41-14, whatever it yeah. was. Uh, people were talking about, is it time to move to Jimmy Garoppolo? <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. We were laughing about I, I, that. I, I, yeah, I you know, it's just it's, so Cleveland's not alone in that aspect of it. You know what? Uh, Listen just, to this, John. Since that night, remember the funny things people say in September in the NFL. Since that Monday night, it was the 29th. Look at the scores. They lose 41 to 14. They're 2 and 2, and they barely beat Oakland the week before. They lost to Miami, so they could have possibly even been 1 and 3. Their people are talking Jimmy Garoppolo nonsense. Here they go. Cincinnati, let's score 43. 37 against Buffalo. They survived against the Jets, put 51 on the board against the Bears, 43 against the Broncos, and 42 against the Colts. So there you go. Yeah, and, and, and coming into last night, they were winning those those five games by an average of just under 19 points. So they only know, improved blocks. on that. They won, they, they won by 22 yesterday. Uh, so, you know, it's – Anybody who questions Tom Brady, you know, should probably be put in some kind of home. But, uh, you know, it's just, as we said, it's the nature of fandom and and just to get upset over losses. But, you know, you have to be realistic about it. And, And once, you know, I think the issue that first month with the Patriots is the fact that, as I said, Gronkowski wasn't healthy. Brady only trusted uh, Julian Edelman, so uh, teams were jumping routes of Edelman and, and kind of figuring out that that was the only receiver he trusted. All of a sudden, Gronk gets healthy. Uh, that opens up things for Edelman and also puts Brandon LaFell into play and Tim Wright. And all of a sudden, he's got four receivers he trusts. And he can even throw in Amendola at times. Um so, you know, it, that's the kind of impact one player can have on a team, especially when you're as good as, as Gronkowski is. And we know. We mentioned that earlier. And I would agree with you, man, when you put him in that category like a like a J.J. Watt. And you're really seeing him now that he's healthy getting reestablished and 
reopening that thing up. I've always liked Gronk, too, man. I'll tell you, when we signed the wrong Gronk, man, I said, man, tell me he's got something in the jeans. Come on, man. I mean, <laughs> That's like how all- Phil, uh, uh, Philadelphia fans have Casey Matthews instead of Clay Matthews. <laughs> exactly. You know, I would take a Matthews too. I'll take my chances with anybody with the last name Matthews, man. There's the the bloodline. Yeah, you don't are want good. Casey. Oh, okay. Well, I'll you hear get you the there. wrong <laughs> Matthews. You can't get the wrong Matthews. You got to get it right. But I hear you, man. Uh, I hear you. Absolutely, a lot of fun. Uh, we, I, I already asked you your thoughts, man. Uh, but just gut feeling. Do you think the Browns can go to Atlanta and get a W here? I, yeah, I think they can. Uh, you know, I, as I said, you know, Atlanta hasn't won a game outside the division yet. You know, they're playing with a little bit more confidence. It's interesting, you know, when they were 2-6, and six, Mike Smith was basically, you know, it wasn't when he was he was going to get fired. It was, you know, it wasn't if, excuse me, it was when, as soon as the season ended. And all of a sudden they went too straight and they're in first place. And, and now they're coming home. They 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 scare me offensively simply because they you know they still have the great receivers and the great quarterback, but again their offensive line is so bad their defensive line is so bad. Cleveland has more talent, uh, but they got to play the right way and they got to get that running game going, and they have to keep the ball. They have to play that ball control mentality. If they do that, they can certainly win the game. Let's see if they do it. It'll be interesting to see as this week plays itself out. What, if any, roles Josh Gordon plays, the emergence of Jordan Cameron. I keep saying, like you and I have talked about, not just is it not a foregone conclusion that he returns this week, that he returns at all this season. They tried to practice him last week, and the next day it was back to square one with the whole uh, concussion protocol. So you know what that means. But I caution people not to go because a lot of people have said, man, they're going to get Gordon and Cameron back this week. I don't think so. I don't know that Cameron comes back this week either. No, you know, those concussions are so iffy. There's no real, you know, rhyme or reason or consistency. You, you can point, normally you can point to another player, you know when there's an ACL or or a clavicle, you know, here in Philadelphia with Nick Foles, they have, you know, Aaron Rodgers got hurt in week nine last year, came back week 17. So you kind of get a feel for how long specific injuries take, but not concussions because everybody's different and and there's different levels. And the bottom line is more than anything else, they just don't know enough about them uh, still. To, to really give you a, a, a concrete time frame for, for anything. We'll see what happens, but I'm just cautioning people now, man. I don't think it's just a this week thing, man. I think it's a – I always – I keep using the same line, but I go, just remember, how many concussions did it take for Steve Young? Five. Jordan Cameron's got at least three that you know of in the last year and a half. So, And then know. you have Wes Welker. I think his last count is at 50, and he's and still I, out there playing. So. I hear you. <laughs> I, I understand. Some people are different, and I get that, man. You know, uh, I've got, like, personal real-life experience with that. I've taken a million shots to the head. I've probably got it I've documented I've got a dozen. I've definitely got more than that in my life. But one, it took one that literally gave me post-concussion syndrome, and I had the blinding headaches, and, I mean, it was months of 
crap that I dealt with before I was able to. I couldn't wrestle for seven months. I couldn't do a lot of things. And it was, a, it, and I tell you, that's the reason I can appreciate it where sometimes people hear, I don't understand. It's a concussion. And then you come back. But I can appreciate because literally you feel great. And then you'll go play a game of basketball or you'll lift some weights or you'll do something. And it's all right back to square one. And you're like, oh, my God, I feel as bad as I did on the very first day that I got hurt. And it's literally that. And then you just have to wait for it to all go away again and then try again. And it's, it can definitely be a long process. Yeah, and uh, that's the whole thing. It's There is no consistency from person to person. And yep. so, you know, and, and fans obviously only care about winning games. So then you ask, and I hate you that. turn into the I fact really hate that, that. that, yeah, that you know? people say, why isn't he back? This guy's back. And just get out there and play and they'll question you know somebody's uh wherewithal to want to play and nobody knows how you know you think about how you feel you know waking up in the morning on any given day without today sometimes yeah sometimes you sometimes you feel better than others and nobody knows except you nobody really knows except you uh and and people need to understand that they're human beings and it differs from person to person. I'm with you, man. I'm with you. I've always said, you know, you gotta, you, I'll complain about the price tag that people make to do stuff, but I've never been that guy. You've got to remember that there's actual humans doing this. It's not a, a bunch of robots in uniforms. John McMullen, great conversation today, man. Can't wait to catch up with you next week. We're down into the home stretch of this thing. Teams fighting, as we said, 10 teams in the AFC now, up in that six-plus win area, fighting for these Rare and limited playoff spots. We'll see how it, how it goes down. Browns, we'll see what happens when they go to Atlanta. A lot of good games on the slate this week. Can't wait till next Monday, and you and I will do this again. All right, thanks for having me, buddy. Thanks for being here. As always, so much fun. John McMullen from the Sports Network. You guys, his columns are syndicated in newspapers around the country, online at thesportsnetwork.com, and he's here every Monday on the Sports Fix talking NFL and Browns. We're going to take a break. Come back, get my man Dan Wismar on the phone with us. Of course, we'll get his thoughts on the game yesterday. We'll talk Buckeyes. They kicked off the hoop season over the weekend, played some football in a snowy wonder. I'm telling you, I told you the other day, they had the the shoots getting the snow out of the stands and stuff so that they could get it down to the field and they can get it out of there. We'll talk about that. Ohio State survived. We'll see what Dan thinks is going to be their standings in the playoff rankings that come out tomorrow. We'll talk Buckeyes and more. Dan Wismar from the Cleveland Fan coming up next here on The Fix. We here at the Sports Fix are very in-depth when we interview the sports stars. Oh, I saw the whole thing, dude. First you were all like, whoa, and then we were like, whoa, and then you were like, whoa. What are you talking about? You got serious thrill issues, dude. <laughs> awesome. Ooh. Maybe not, but you should still listen. Guys, want to take just a second as we head into this break and remind you about the official business printing source of the Sports Fix, our friends at Signs and Ship. Signs and Ship, I'm telling you, Chris and Pam, they've taken care of me since day one, and they can do the same for you. Whether you're a small business that's 
already been established and you're looking to grow to that next level and expand your business, or perhaps you've got an idea that you just know is going to be a great business and you need to figure out how to brand it and how to promote it and put it out there, Signs and Ship is the place for you. If you need a logo, they can create one for you. They have a fantastic graphic designer. Business cards, signs, banners, yard signs, mobile advertising, anything you can think of that you need to promote your business, they've got it at Signs and Ship. The best thing about them, too, is each of their locations, whether it's the home base here in Elyria, Ohio that I work with, or their spots in Virginia, Florida, and Pennsylvania. It's all local sourced. Very important to me because we all understand that small business is the lifeblood of the community. So check them out, signsandship.com, or call Chris and Pam today, 440-323-6060, the home office in Elyria, Ohio. Signs and Ship, quality printing at affordable prices. Portions of the Sports Fix brought to you by Fantasy Jocks. Visit FantasyJocks.com, your fantasy sports superstore. Championship belts, rings, trophies, and more. Fantasy sports lovers, you put so much time, hard work, and effort into playing week to week that it quickly stops being a fantasy and starts getting real. Real time spent making real decisions, creating real victory. I'm the greatest man in the world! And when the smoke clears, you want to show off those victories with a real prize. I mean, a really real prize. Nobody Nobody does does that that like like Fantasy Fantasy Jocks. Jocks. The crew over at Fantasy Jocks have beautiful, high-quality, and heavy-duty championship belts, rings, trophies, and so much more for all your fantasy sports needs. The trophy's 12 feet high, and it is glorious! Football, baseball, hoops, you name it, they have it. Plus, they have awesome draft kits and party supplies to make all your preseason activities the envy of everyone. If your league needs a ring, belt, or trophy, or you want to upgrade what you already have, there's literally only one place to go. If you're going to be a fantasy jock, do it right. It's mine. The most magnificent belt ever created. And it's mine. With America's Fantasy Sports Superstore. FantasyJocks.com The Sports Fix is now available every day on the world's largest internet radio service, iHeartRadio. Download the free iHeartRadio app, subscribe to the show, and get your fix. I'm Pro Football Hall of Famer Paul Warfield. There's just one place where students are students first and athletics are played with purpose and perspective. That place is your local high school. High school sports help young people become confident leaders and role models and use the skills developed today to do even bigger things in life tomorrow. High school sports, a winning part of a complete education. This message presented by the Ohio High School Athletic Association. In baseball, miracles can happen when a team works together. Two out, bottom of the ninth, down to their last strike. The same is true in the fight against cancer. That's why MLB has teamed up with Stand Up to Cancer. Because we believe that when we all stand up together, 41,000 on their feet, we can make cancer history. Now everybody's standing. What a buzz in this building. This is beyond a dream. Stand up with MLB at StandUpToCancer.org. Hey, Cleveland, this is Ed Doherty, voice of San Ignatius Wildcat Football, and you're listening to the Sports Fix.
Welcome back to the Sports Fix Live across the Sports Fix Radio Network. J-Rock back with you. Getting into here. Hour three getting ready to kick off here on the Sports Fix. You knew it was going to be one of those. I knew. I knew. I was driving home. I was driving home from Erie, middle of the night the other night, uh, heading in, back into town, and I'm just thinking, man, I was going through my head. I'm like, it's easily going to be a three-hour show on Monday, man. I had no doubt about it. So here we roll on across the Sports Fix Radio Network. J-Rock back with you. Going to be joined on the hotline here momentarily. My man Dan, as I say, Dan Wismar from the Cleveland Fan. With us here, you hear in the background, OH, baby. We're going to talk some Buckeyes, hoops, get going, football still rolling. Get his thoughts on the Browns game yesterday and more. You guys, keep the conversation going with us on Facebook and Twitter. Use the social media. Burn it up. Facebook.com slash The Sports Fix. Tweet with us at The Sports Fix CLE. Hit us up. And, of course, you can email us anytime. The Sports Fix at AOL.com. I'll tell you what. John and I got rolling so much. I had so much more that I wanted to talk to him about. I really wanted to get into the the DEA, checking out the locker rooms and the doctor's bags the other day. And you know what? I remember us talking about it in the wintertime, the, uh, the fact that the DEA was internally sending some investigatory memos to the NFL about that very thing. And bam. Now, if you know you know there's smoking guns out there when the feds are showing up searching bags on game days. This is uh, an interesting story. So we're going to talk some more about that tomorrow with Dr. Football when he joins us on Tuesday. Thanks again, you guys, again, for being with us here. Let's go to the phones. Get my man Dan on the conversation. Dan Wismar from the Cleveland Fan here with us as always. Dan, how you doing today? I'm doing great, J-Rock. I mean, good, at least J.J. Watt you. didn't hit you, right? He didn't hit you on his way out of the stadium because he hit just about everybody else, man. I wasn't sure if you survived. You know, J.J. Watt is amazing. Uh, it was it was great fun to watch him uh, you know, down there in person. Uh, my, my seats are uh, like second row off the dog pound end zone. If you, if you sort of drew a line five yards back into the end zone, halfway back parallel the goal line and extended it over, to the northeast corner. That's where I am in the second row. So I'm about 15 yards away from where J.J. Watt caught the touchdown pass. Same corner of the end zone where, where Joe Hayden made that spectacular interception and, and where yeah. uh, Kawan Williams uh, made his uh, great play on the on the corner route there. So that, that's where I'm sitting. So I'm right on top of it. But watching J.J. Watt all day, uh, every down, it's hard to take your eyes off the guy when the Browns have the ball. Uh, because, like you say, he just disrupts everything, every down. Uh, even if he's roughing the punter, he's uh, he, he's playing hard and just screwing up everything you're doing. It, it really is hard to watch anything but him when, uh, when when the Texans are on defense. That's when the, it's just one of those rare ones, man. It's like like LT, like he like he mentioned Reggie White. I would have went LT as far as a guy that just re reinvents his position and after he's done playing people that will be when people have that prototype name that they say like hey man when you're looking for a quarterback you want to have you know whatever whoever your preference is if it's Dan Marino or Joe Montana or whatever Peyton Manning whatever it is J.J. Watt his name will be that when you say prototype you know and I don't even know what you call him I guess you'd say defensive end but he can really be whatever you want him to be J.J. Watt is that guy. I mean, rare, one-of-a-kind, changes his position. In my way, I, I equated a lot to Lawrence Taylor at the linebacker position. 
Yeah, LT, as far as redefining a position Having the size uh, in the, the NFL, is a, is a yeah. pretty good pretty yeah. good comparison uh, for, for that. Yeah, and it's hard to think of anybody else, uh, you know, maybe Rod Woodson or somebody like that who, who, who really just takes it up a notch uh, uh, to it. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. To a different level, but uh, yeah, just just fun to watch. And and uh, you know things were a little bit subdued down at the old ball yard yesterday. I don't know if people came in expecting it was going to be an easy game or or whatever. It, the crowd didn't have the same intensity. Uh, but I also read something after the game, and I can't recall who it was saying that you know, Patton's line, and it's a good line uh, about the crowd is you know you the players you know you control the volume. Yeah. Yeah, uh, and and in other words, uh, the crowd isn't obliged to be intense and loud and crazy. Uh, the team gets them that way, and if the team is not playing with any intensity, then it's it's hard to fault the crowd for not you know reflecting that. So uh, yeah, they they obviously feed off each other, but uh, you know the team isn't owed that intensity. They they have to earn it on the field, and yesterday they just didn't really do that. No, really, in all in all stages of the game across the board. I mean, there's just that's why I said if anybody wants to sit there and say, hey, yeah, you know, if uh, if if number two was a quarterback, now nah, no difference in what happens yesterday. It doesn't matter who was number nineteen could have been a quarterback. Doesn't matter. Only difference is is he would have probably gotten you know his thumb put in one of those little rubber. That's how that stuff happens. And you know, Jonathan Knight, I laugh. Let me get off task a little bit here, but Jake and I have been joking behind the scenes for a while now about how people forget uh, moments like this during seasons in the past. And I know it's been a long time now because we're going back into the 80s Browns and different teams like that. But we always look back at especially some of the books and the, the tales of those seasons and you 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 forget, you know, week ten debacles against Houston or against, you know, whoever it may have been in those various seasons, you know, where three weeks later it's like, how is that the same team, the same one that showed up and, and wiped out, you know, whoever it was, you know? And uh, these get buried in the course of a football season and the tale it tells. But this is clearly the bookend to Jacksonville here as far as everybody showed up, played probably close to their worst game of the season, and that's what happens when you play a good team. Again, don't forget, Houston is not 2-14, and 14, no matter what their record told you last year. Uh, they were much more uh, of a team that was missing a few pieces and had injuries and a, a terrible quarterback situation, uh, which Browns fans can appreciate. Look at the Browns; they're not that much different. They are—they've got different players in certain positions, but 
uh, it's not that much of a change from one year to the next as much as a few key changes that have changed a, a few positions. Yeah, you're right. And I don't think that yesterday's loss was attributable to much of anything besides talent deficit. Um, you know, they were better. Uh, yeah. they, uh, you know, they were better on both sides of the ball, talent-wise. Um, and, and I think as you look down the schedule for the last six games, I don't think there is a game left on the schedule where you say the Browns have better talent than these guys. Um, I really don't. I don't see one. I've looked down the schedule. It's not Atlanta. I don't even think it's Carolina. Uh, certainly not, uh, you know, Cincinnati, Baltimore, and uh, Indianapolis. Um, so, you know, I, I'm I gotta say I'm not optimistic about the rest of the year. I mean, I said when they were five and three, I thought that I thought an eight and eight finish was about where they're going to be. See, so no reason to to change that notion now. Um, and uh, like I said, it's just uh, we're thin. Uh, you know, do we have four healthy defensive linemen left? I mean, this team has right. just been devastated devastated by injuries and everybody has them uh so you can't lay around and whine about it um but uh, it's just clear that uh ray farmer and and his team are going to have to spend another draft or two or three uh building this roster up so it has the depth to survive these kinds of things because clearly right now we we're not able to weather the storm of losing a uh, a Mac and a Dansby and a Cameron and, and uh, Sherd and, and you know, the, the whole uh, laundry list of, of injuries they've had. We just aren't deep enough to overcome that right now. I'll, I hear you. I mean, again, let's see what happens with this latest wave of injuries too here. But, it, you know, next man up is the catchphrase, but that's easier easier said than done. But I'll tell you, I would be happy, and this is kind of what I'm looking at. I shouldn't play the schedule game, but I'd be happy splitting the final six games of the season. If the Browns can take three of the final six here in any various combination you want to make up, that that would sit very well with me regardless if that ends uh, short of the playoffs, short of the division. I don't care about that. I would be perfectly satisfied, especially with the depth issues that we're talking about right now, uh, if they could accomplish that right there. I do think it's doable. Uh, I'm with I'm with John. Atlanta is not <laughs> that's no cakewalk, brothers. In Atlanta, they they can play, they can put up some points. Uh, if the Browns can go run the ball, change the style of game that Atlanta likes to play, then you can go out there and do some things. But if not, that's risky. I know with what you're saying with Carolina, uh, they're another team that you can't sleep on. But as we've seen defensively, they've got deficiencies there. Um, I think that's one. You've got the two divisional games here. Indianapolis, they've, they're have they a Jekyll and Hyde team, too, as we've seen. They go out there and they can look really good or really bad, but I think you can say that about 90% of the NFL this year. They can go out there and look really good or the same team go out there and look really bad. No doubt. I mean, uh, we saw yesterday with Denver and Seattle, two of the best teams in the NFL, going down to, uh, you know, maybe lackluster opponents, not the greatest of opposition. Uh, you saw Indy just get drilled last night. I mean, right now you'd have to say that the Packers and the Patriots look like maybe the you're projecting a Super Bowl right now. I guess you might have to look that way. But, but we could be looking at that completely differently uh, a week or two weeks from now. Uh, sure. You know, a couple of weeks ago, I might have thrown the Colts in there as a as a possibility. And and uh, you know, we we're looking at other teams that just you know things change week to week. Right now, you'd have to say Packers and Patriots. Uh, uh, but you know might be singing a whole different tune next Monday. Right, because like John said, you know, it's kind of like when we used to say about the Saints there last season or even earlier this year, uh, you can go 8-0 at home, that's great, but they're probably going to have to go on the road at, at some point, although maybe not. 
Uh, you know, maybe not. Depends on how that breaks down, you know. And then you got the Cardinals and how things happen there uh, with their switch at the quarterback. So far, so good for them, but they got a long way to go. Going to be fun. This is the fun part of the season here. This is where the men separate from the boys, and, and really injuries and depth have a lot to do with that. I'm with you. Uh, people can say that it's, uh, you know, it's an excuse and it's the next man up all you want. But let's just assume that none of those three guys, talking about Wynn, Sheard, and Dansby, are able to play next week. I mean, literally, I dare you to sit your opening day depth chart up and then scratch off all the names in the front uh, seven that are no longer options to play on the field and look at what's left because it's actually pretty scary. Just us talking about it, it's pretty scary thinking about it now because in my head I'm going, man, what do we got left? We got Kitchen. We got Fua. Who? I mean, I'm pretty sure we're going to have to sign at least one or two guys here this week, probably at least one off the practice squad and maybe a street-free agent just to fill the holes here to uh, have a complete squad. Yeah, and what do you do to replace Danby? I mean, do you play oh, yeah. both Kirksey, Kirksey and uh, Robertson in the middle? Do you does Tank you Carter to. get a start this week? I mean, you just no. you're really you down. You're really down to that, and uh, it, it's it's scary. I mean, when you can't stop the run with Carlos Dansby, what are your uh, how, how are you going to project this team to to stop the run uh, the next couple of weeks without him, or the next six weeks, God forbid, without him? Um, Sheard was so, your yeah, one he, guy he really solidified that thing. Oh, yeah, and Sheard. Yeah, you're right. And Sheard was the one guy actually getting you consistently some pressure throughout the season. He's always uh, he's always been a favorite of mine anyway because he's one of those guys. He doesn't care. Switch him from line, switch him to linebacker, switch him from the left to the right. He doesn't care. Whatever you want him to do, he wants to go out there and play some football. But he was a key kind of a 1B kind of a guy, filling roles on that line and, and giving guys breathers. And like you said, I think what you said is probably what you got to do. Wouldn't you think you have to go – you have to start both of those guys. Instead of them sharing a job now, you're going to have to have both of them playing as far as Kirksey and Robertson. And maybe that's a good thing because you've had half a season for the rookie – more than half a season for the rookie to kind of job share and learn the job in bits and pieces. So maybe you're not going to have to worry about overloading Kirksey as much here by giving him the full-blown thing because I think you're going to have to – your four are going to have to be Kruger – Kirksey, Robinson, Robertson, and uh, uh, Mingo. Mingo. That's going to have to be your linebackers next week, I would think. Yeah, and I would think you know Mingo too got some got some action at the end of the game, made a few plays. Yep. Uh, you know, looked like he was you know being more Mingo. active and more involved, and kind of maybe maybe <laughs> thinking less and playing more. And and uh, so uh, that's that's you know clearly a positive sign. Uh, and I did not know this, uh, Jay Reckon. You can probably help me out with this, uh, Justin Gilbert. Uh, was he inactive yesterday? Or I don't I mean, know either. Uh, here's the eighth pick in the draft. I think someone said they saw him out on a kickoff team, on, on a coverage team, or a return team, one or the other. And uh, But, you know, here's the eighth pick in the draft, can't get on the field, and you've got a, an undrafted free agent, uh, K1 Williams, in the game, being active, making plays. Uh, it, it really, you know, once again, 10 weeks in, uh you know, you've got two first-round picks. Neither one of them is on the field, and, and uh, that's not a good sign. Speaking of making plays, he did make that one. Whoo, that one you mentioned Beautiful. earlier, up in the yeah. same spot there in the end zone. Brother, that was a play. And that was that was when I said Mallet's arm is for real, man. He can make throws because that was a pretty throw there too, man. And it took a hell of a play to take care of that there. And even the other one on the uh, – 
the play in the end zone with Hayden's interception there, you know. Good play call, good throw. I mean, that was just that was great defense to not get a flag on Hayden's interception, to not get a flag yeah. thrown on that, to be up in the air and over the guy but not touch him because that's almost impossible not to get a flag in the end zone in today's NFL on those plays. And that was a those were both two great plays those guys made. Yeah, the cornerback play wasn't bad, and, and uh, you know I didn't really understand the, the strategy of uh, dropping Joe Hayden off Andre Johnson uh, ten yards. You know sometimes they would do it right before the snap. Uh, sometimes they just lined up that way right from the start, and 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 Mallett really feasted on that those quick yeah. outs to the to the sideline, and and uh, you know yeah they didn't get up any deep balls, but they gave up eight yards of pop all day long, and uh, it, it was just it's just tough to. Uh, to get your defense off the field when you're giving up, uh, you know, an eight-yard completion on first down or a nine-yard run, for that matter, which they did, you know, repeatedly. Yeah, because we took uh, away the deep ball, like you said. They had the one to Hopkins early. Like, that was in, like, the second drive of the game or something like that. And and that was pretty much it. Other than that, they kept – because he had four for 80, but that one was for 40 of it. So his next three covered 40 yards, and Johnson was all – uh, they were all those little nine, ten-yard first-down receptions. There, man, he racked up six or seven of those. Yeah, and Mallet, uh, I thought was very impressive. Uh, you know, we knew Ryan Mallet. We Buckeye fans, we watched him. Uh, you know, when he played at Arkansas, and we we watched him in the uh, in the Sugar Bowl game after the 2010 season, where uh, he, he was shredding the Buckeyes and would have shredded them for a lot more yards if his receivers had been able to hang on to the ball. I don't know if you remember that game, but. His Arkansas receivers dropped pass after pass that day and really kind of kept the Buckeyes in it. Uh, but he was impressive that day and, and uh, you know, always been a big, strong arm guy that, that people always thought translated well in the NFL. Credit Bill O'Brien uh, for having him ready. They had a couple weeks to get ready, and, and uh, he came out. I don't think that Browns laid a mid on him all day long. Uh, and, uh, and, and he threw the ball well. Obviously, the arm strength is, uh, is apparent. Yeah, no sacks. There, I don't even know if they had any pressures that would be technically considered that. I mean, he had as clean of a day as possible. That's why it made it even easier on him to sit back there and take advantage of that arm and do what he did. And a lot of it was a case of just simply doing the same thing that you know you would expect from a Brady or Hoyer. Anybody that's in that's under that tree is take what the defense gives you. Don't throw the ball away. Don't. Uh, don't beat yourself, and that's what he did. And he leaned, he leaned on a running game and a defense. By the way, we were talking about Watts earlier. I just saw this as I was uh, talking to you here. It's been sixty-six years since a defensive lineman has had four touchdowns in a season. Man, I'm telling you, game game changer over there, brother. Yeah, it, it really is quite something. I did not realize that he had already three touchdowns. I was kind of assuming when I saw that and. Of course, we we saw him come out and line up there, right, right, uh, within a thirty yards of us in the in the stands there, and I, you know, pointed out to the fact that he was on the field. I had no idea he already had three TDs. That's that was surprising to hear. Yeah, only one other player in NFL history has had two receiving touchdowns, a defensive fumble recovery touchdown, and an interception touchdown in the same season, and that was a cat in 1938 for the Eagles. So, Oh, okay, that... so his other touchdowns were all on defense. Oh, yeah, he's got the, the – remember the one he had the, the okay, beautiful he's got, so he interception return? He doesn't have any other touchdown receptions in this season. 
He's got two touchdown receptions. He had one, oh, okay. and he got the second okay. one in this game yesterday. And then he's got two defensive touchdowns as he well. He got a fumble and an interception. Okay, yeah. I did, oh, I that inter- you don't. That. Yeah, the interception was beautiful. It was the one where he just snagged it and then rumbled down the field. That was uh, earlier on in the season. There, yeah. So, uh, and he's got the two offensive touchdowns now. Yeah, he's getting closely into uh, Mike Vrabel territory. Yeah, well, as a matter of fact, he is. That's funny you mentioned him because in the one of the things the the stats and info category had put out uh, mentioned uh, mentioned him actually in there. Yeah, uh, first defensive player to have two receptions for a touchdown since Jared Allen and Vrabel both did it back in 07. So if he gets one yeah, well, game, I think Mike Vrabel's record that that will never be touched. I think Vrabel has eleven career receptions, all for touchdowns. Two of them Dude, in Super Belichick Bowls. Belichick loved it. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's some crazy record that no one will ever, uh, no one will ever approach. But uh, maybe JJ Watt will. Hey, don't hold, don't say he can't do something because next thing you know, man, he'll go out yeah, there the, and the, do it. The dude is the dude is Superman. No doubt. <laughs> he'll show up at your house and say, "What'd you say? I can't. Ca- okay, okay, Dan Wismar. Not sure. Not I sure. Do. I heard you right. Yeah. Not. Yeah. <laughs> I remember your name, Dan Wismar. <laughs> yes, sir, Mister Watt. But uh, hey, man. So. Obviously, and it was a Chinese fire drill at the end of the game there yesterday. Once, uh, pretty much the final nail was once that ball was intercepted there on that final drive. But uh, really, it was to me it was the one before that when they didn't get the fourth uh, the fourth down conversion there. I wanted to ask you because you were there in the stadium. Uh, was how many people caught the flag on the hundred and three yard kick return because it, they happened to throw it across the TV camera. On, or at least on the, the feed that I was watching. So I saw it when he got to about the 50. So I knew already that it was getting called back. In the house, how crazy were people, or did they see the flag and already know that it was coming back? I think most people saw the flag right away. Okay. Uh, actually, to be honest with you, you know, it's so hard down there uh, at the stadium now, Jerry, to sometimes, you know, the pictures on those huge screens on the end of the stadium are so good. And you know, like I said, I'm down on the in the dog pound end zone. You're and so when that. play is at the other when play is the other end of the field, I, I sometimes just can't help but look up at the at the video screen instead of watching the live action. I on do the field. too. I do too. And, and like you, I saw that flag fly right across the screen on, on the, the shot that they were showing at the stadium yep. live. And uh, so yeah, there was it was there was no uh, high fiving or cheering from, from from where we were sitting because there, you know most everybody saw the flag right away. And that was the play you needed too. I mean, you're sitting there with a, still an opportunity. I think it was 17 to seven at that point in time, and then boom, you jolt yourself right back into the game. Instead, there it goes, and uh, that was, you know, I mean, at that point, it was what it was anyway. But uh, I right, really and say, then like you, you know, pointed out, the other, the other obviously huge turning point was when you throw. had a chance to take the lead before the half, and, and and not only do you do you give the ball up, but then you give up a touchdown on a on a two minute drill drive, and and uh, just really. Took the took the heart rate out of them, um, and uh, yeah, that was uh, the, the curl thing was was big. I I am not. People are down on Ben Tate. I, I can't believe that you know. First of all, you bring him in the first time we see him all day is when you're going to hand him the ball on the third and twenty five on a draw. I agree play, with the play like call. You're, like you're going to yes. fool somebody, and then you know how do you how do you fault the running back when you pitch it out to him and uh jj watts standing in your backfield six six yards deep uh and uh and takes you down for an eight or nine yard loss i mean it's just kind of silly to blame ben tate for not performing when a he gets about three or four carries and 
and they're in ridiculously impossible situations for him to gain yardage. So, I, but I got to agree too that he's got to be fit to be tied at this point. And and I I have no problem with him being the third string running back because frankly I said two weeks ago Terrence West ought to be your starter. Um, and Crowell, obviously, you've got good Isaiah and bad Isaiah yep. uh, that you've got to deal with. Uh, the, uh, the the fumbling is, is obviously a problem that has ruined careers of, of uh, better backs than him. But, uh, you know, if Ben Tate, I mean, they see the guy in practice, and they, they uh, if they think he's their third best guy, then I don't blame them for, for having him beat the third guy on the field. Um uh, but uh, obviously he can't be happy about it. He's got a he's got a very inflated opinion of himself, and and uh, that that's been clear since they signed him that that he uh, he's he's uh, his own biggest fan. Yeah, he uh, he definitely. I mean, look, I'm with you. You have to do what they tell you to do. I understand. I wasn't happy with the play call. I mean, you can't, how can anybody? And I don't care who the running back is. Two carries and both of them in very. Uh, not optimal positions there on the field. I mean, nobody can get anything going. West couldn't get anything going either. In all reality, you only ran the ball 20 times in the whole game. So West only got five carries. You know, I think 21 carries, whatever they had for the whole game. Uh, West got five. Tate got two of them. And Crow got 14 of them. And we decided to throw the ball 50 times. And I get it in the fourth quarter. Well, you were trailing and you had to. But if I remember right, through three quarters, I think Hoyer was at 42 or 44 attempts or something. It was up there already uh, in the 40s at after three. So we were already on pace for a high-passing day anyway, even before you get into the fourth quarter. And I mentioned earlier, I'm sure you heard, but we talked about how they were known for sticking with that run uh, even in games that they were losing in the fourth quarter, they made themselves one-dimensional yesterday in the second half, and that played right into Houston's game plan. That's what they wanted. They wanted to make the Browns one-dimensional, and the Browns allowed that to happen yesterday, and so there was no second-half comeback coming there, but you nailed it. Those two those two spots were the, the game-changers. Obviously, your game's not over at halftime, but... You, the, the difference between going in 14-7 and your defense looking to grind it out in the second half or now trailing and then letting them pin their ears back. And then late in the game, the one spark you did give yourself, uh, you get it called back on a penalty. And I think the Browns ended up with, what, eight or nine penalties for 70-some yards in the whole game anyway. So they shot themselves in the foot a couple times, had a couple of dropped passes. Hoyer had some that he just airmailed all over the place, and it adds up to a 23-7 to loss. That's how, that's how it yeah, ends up. Yeah, it. Uh, this team is pretty. I mean, you can't fault a team for throwing on first down. Uh, that that no. happens a lot in this league. And uh, there were several occasions, or at least a couple times, when the Browns ran the ball for a first down. The first uh, at the start of a series, at the start of a possession, uh, get a six or seven yard run, pick up a first down. Then as soon as they pick up the first first down. You, you might as well just make book that uh, Hoyer's going to play action pass on first down on the on the subsequent series. Once you pick up a first down on the ground, okay, here we go. This is our game. We we, we play action, then we throw the ball. And I remember at least a couple times, maybe three, where they threw in completion on first and ten, and then you know you almost dictate to yourself that you've got to throw from there on out. Uh, yet some teams are sort of automatic. They're going to run the ball on second and 10 just to sort of try to make third down manageable. 
the Browns weren't doing that yesterday. They they were once they threw an incompletion on first and ten, it was then second and ten and third and ten, and and uh, there were several times that Hoyer threw three three consecutive incompletions, and, and that's how you get into a a game where you're only running the ball twenty times and getting away from what you what you do best. But uh, like I said, I don't have a problem with uh, with throwing the ball on first down. It seems like a lot of times though they were trying to go deep, they're trying to get the big play on first down instead of picking up you know, six to eight yards with a, with a more high percentage throw and, and keeping the chains moving. And that's really kind of where, where the game plan sort of fell apart is they, they tried to get too much on that first and 10 play. But uh, I haven't gone back and watched the game. Probably won't. Um, yeah. Because I don't it. like don't re- rewatching losses, but uh, <laughs> at least that was my, my, my take uh, first time around that when you, when you threw that incompletion on first and 10, then you kind of dug yourself a hole and, and forced yourself to throw. And then, you know, I heard Hoyer set a record for inter, uh, incompletions in a game for the Browns with 30. Um, that, that's a team record. At the same time, when the game was over, it was kind of hard to hang this one on Brian Hoyer because the guy was just under duress the entire game. And by the way, let me ask you this, Jarek. You, you, yeah. you know, you have a you got the brown and orange uh, colored glasses on, just like me. But <laughs> does it seem to you as if? opponents get away with hits on Brian Hoyer after the whistle, you know, after the play, after the ball is released, helmet to helmet contact that, that other quarterbacks get 15 yard flags on. I mean, I, I just, like... I watch a lot of NFL action and, and Hoyer just took a tremendous beating yesterday, much of it after he had gotten rid of the ball. And uh, he just doesn't seem to get the flags for, uh, for roughing the passer. I agree. Obviously, you sn- say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers hands off. My rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durban Marshall credit card bill. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. If in the direction of Tom Brady, there's times that I'll see guys go down and avoid contact and brush by him and get the flag and they literally went out of their way not to touch him and they'll still get the flag. I'm not going to play that game of saying that Hoyer doesn't get the calls, but he doesn't get some of them. I will say this. I don't know about the rest of them yesterday, but the one uh, where they hit him under the chin was no doubt to me a penalty yesterday. Uh, and he, that was 54. Is that Cushing 54? I, I uh, believe that was Cushing I, I on think that play. It was, I think it was Cushing. Yeah, he just laid absolutely. him out on the ground. And and, uh, and there were a couple of times. He was down at the other end one time where I didn't think he was I mean, getting up. That's the, time when, well, that's the time when Johnny got up and started warming up. That was up. Cushing, too. That was <laughs> Cushing on that one, too. Cushing hit him on both of those and just splayed him. I mean, I'm telling you, man, uh, that one was under the chin, and I was really surprised that that one didn't get a flag. But I do agree. They Maybe it's because he's getting a rep for, you know, bouncing back up and not complaining, and he doesn't ask for the flag, and he just gets – maybe he's afraid if he pauses to ask for the flag, 
think they might put somebody else in at quarterback. I don't know. But he just gets back up and goes back to the huddle, man. So, uh, But I do agree with yeah. you. They do uh, – I don't know how – but, I mean, I don't know. We've gotten a few rough in the passers, but you're right. Uh, he definitely – I don't know. Maybe it's the tough guy. Maybe it's because he's a yeah. And I didn't Maybe. know. Uh, having not watched the TV feed, uh, was it commented upon by the by the broadcasters at all? Or uh, yeah, uh, once just, or twice uh, they go, talked go about un, it being uh, just on the couple. Well, the couple that Cushing hit him. They talked about it being very close. You know, kind of judgment call, kind of a thing. But no, not much. Nobody really beat that. I got to tell you, wasn't a big fan of the announcing crew yesterday. Um, uh, they I've heard a lot of that. I've heard a lot of they that. They weren't big fans of the Cleveland Browns anyway, so everything that the Browns did was terrible. Everything Brian Hoyer did was terrible. Everything that the, you know, everything. The, it doesn't matter. The Browns and and I heard they were, they were uh, you know, <laughs> casting J.J. Uh, Watts' uh, bust for Canton. I mean, he may end up in Canton, but, you well, know, I'll help I, I heard that, that they, were, they were a little over the top in their praise of Watts. Yeah, I'll help him with that, but still, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's um, that's true. It's hard to be hard to be over the top with a game like that. I, <laughs> I heard people say, and I, and I think uh, didn't John say it too? Maybe the maybe the best defensive performance that uh, that they'd ever seen in an NFL game. I mean, that's that's uh, obviously high praise. But uh, I was thinking the same thing. I said, man, I don't think I've seen a guy dominate a, an entire game like this. But. No, John. What John said is that yeah, when you watch every one of them, you realize that this was kind of par for the course for what he does and that he's had better games. And I go, wow. Well, I hope he doesn't play us when he has anything better than what he already did because uh, if that was just his average game, then Lord have mercy, whoever's got to line up across from that man every week, that's for sure. And uh, and I feel sorry for his teammates in practice, too. He probably makes them a heck of a lot better because if you get to practice against that every day, you're in for a long day every day of the week. Um We'll see, man. Hey, it is what it is. Browns are six and four. They head on now for the final stretch. As you said, they don't get any easier and the injuries get worse and you got to keep playing. I'll be happy if they can split them. I'll take nine and seven and we'll see where that gets us. Maybe it gets us in the, in the tournament. Maybe it doesn't, but let's, uh, I'd be happy with that at this point. Uh, and I think that that's a doable thing without stretching too far out of the, bounds of well we need this and this and this i think those that's a pretty realistic if you can take three of the six i mean think about it you got atlanta which is going to be tough but it is a doable thing you got buffalo which is more than doable you've got the colts which is kind of in the probably a little higher level than the falcons as far as doable but you got to show up with your a game to beat them and then you've got the the panthers and you've got the bengals and the ravens so you know I, there's easily three in there that you can win, but you got to go out there and do it. Yeah, that's true. And the home games are both tough. I mean, Colts and Bengals—they're—they're they're, yep. they're both going to be. It's not like you can, you know, pencil in W's because they're playing at home. And, and all four road games are road games. That's all you yes. really need to say. Tough, tough to go on the road and win, especially with a depleted roster like this. So, yeah, three and three to me is uh, is highly optimistic. Uh, looking at the next six, and uh, I'd be more inclined if I were a betting man to say two and four. Uh, you finish eight and eight, and uh, and, and I got to say that I wouldn't be terribly disappointed in that because that's uh, certainly beyond what my expectations were at the beginning of the season. And the Browns have held up well on the road this season. They're four and two at home. They've uh, they're two and two on the road so far this season. So they're playing five hundred ball going away from Cleveland. And of course, we'll talk. More about that coming up this week. Let's uh, let's shift to the 
to the college realm of things here as the Buckeyes ended up in a much more uh, much more intense game, I think, than anybody saw coming here. 31-24. to They outlast Minnesota the other day. JT Barrett, a big part of that, four touchdowns for him as he continues to work on erasing the Ohio State record book and rewriting it in various offensive categories. And uh, they overcame the storm that we talked about and everything else. And, you know, a lot of people are like, well, they should have won by more than TCU did. But they won, and I guess that's all that matters at this point. It does, and and, uh, I don't think that the Buckeyes are – uh, are going to be a Final Four team, although obviously a lot can happen. This game Saturday, though, Jerry, I, I thought, uh, you know, going in, I thought we were the better team. I said something like 38-17, to 17, a three-touchdown game. Obviously, I was off by a touchdown in both directions on that. Um, but this this game was over when it was 31-14 to 14 in the fourth quarter when, when they scored the final touchdown. Um, you know, Minnesota came back, muffs a punt on his own five-yard line, and and that accounted for the last seven points of, uh, or I should say, the, uh, the the third touchdown for Minnesota. I thought Minnesota made a. They were game in the first half. They came back and and drove after a couple of uh, couple of drives. But all three Minnesota touchdowns were scored on turnovers. You you're on the road. It's snowy. It's cold, uh, and you turn the ball over three times. And each time the opponent converts it to a touchdown, uh, you could say, well, you're fortunate to get out of that game with a win. Um, I guess I guess that would be true here, but you know, <laughs> Buckeye team just you know Jalen Marshall pretty much get wraps fourteen points for. Him. I mean, the, the, on the first one where he fumbled going across the goal line, I mean, sure the Gophers had to turn around and then drive the length of the field, take like an eighty yard drive, but they still technically scored off off a turnover. Uh, the, the the second one that Marshall fumbled on his own five was was. Uh, you know, obviously a lot easier to convert to points, but uh, you've got to figure out a way to keep your hands on the ball. Uh, you know, everybody yesterday in Brown's game was talking about uh, nobody in the state of Ohio knows how to field a punt. You know, we've talked about that now for a few weeks. It's, uh, you know, the Buckeyes can't do it. The Browns can't do it. Something in the water. I don't know. But uh, certainly a cause for concern. I love Jalen Marshall. He's a huge talent. He's a freshman. A lot of guys fumble when they're young players and they're not used to getting hit like that a lot of people said that Marshall maybe should have had the ball in his in his other hand when he was going into the end zone it's also harder to hold on to it when it's cold you can make all kinds of excuses uh you know being a freshman being one of them uh but uh this kid's a scoreboard changer he, he's going to have a great career at Ohio State and and uh uh, I understand that there was some real social media criticism of him. I heard his his position coach uh, uh, Smith this morning saying that uh, that was maybe the toughest thing for him to deal with after the game was that you know fans, if you want to call them that, uh, after the game were, were beating him up on social media for for having two fumbles in that game. And I just think there's just no place for that. It's it's really one of the downsides of social media where, you know, 19-year-old kids are getting ripped on, on Twitter because they fumbled the ball in a football game. It's just insane. So uh, I hope that, you know, Buckeye fans can, you know, keep a civil tongue in their head when some young man that they don't even know uh, makes a physical error on the football field. It's just uh, ridiculous. But, but his coach is saying that's the hardest thing for – for a young man like that to deal with is when he gets home after the game and finds out that he's getting ripped on Twitter by jerks. Uh, you know, there's no, there's no nice way to put it. 
but anyway, he'll uh, he'll bounce back. He's going to have a great career. Oh, I'm with you. I'm a, I'm such a, a big. I'm in the exact same category with you. I can't stand that kind of stuff. Absolutely, and it just drives me crazy. Uh, God, is it, it's first off, it's a game. Even if they're getting paid big money for it, but at least at that level, they're getting paid big money for it. <laughs> These are kids playing the game right now. They're still enjoying their Saturdays, man. But whatever, man. I'm sorry that you, uh, you know, had a bad day. Maybe you lost. Maybe you lost money on the game. I don't know what your issue is, but he was just trying to play some football, man. Hey, uh, talk about something more positive. You've you and I have touched on it. We've mentioned JT Barrett, what he's done. We've even crept the word Heisman in there over the last few weeks. And I know there's some people that'll make arguments, but man, the more you rack up the touchdowns, the harder those arguments get to make against a guy coming from out of nowhere and putting himself in that conversation. I saw the one list on on one of the ESPN articles. They were just showing in the last decade, just looking at the last 10 years, that the first 10 games of a player's career who's gone out and scored the most touchdowns and JT Barrett has now smoked Jameis Winston in his Heisman year, Marcus Mariota, Johnny Manziel in his Heisman time as well. He's now elapsed all of them with still more games to go as he sits on 38 touchdowns right now. It really is remarkable, Jerry. Um, You know, he, uh, He's got 29 touchdown passes in 10 games. He's got probably four more games to play. Uh, the team record is 30, so he's won off the team record for season touchdown passes, Ohio State record. And he's already broken the record for total touchdowns with four games to go. He's going to just put some some real distance between himself and and maybe the the, the next best uh, effort might be you know JT Barrett next year, JT Barrett the year after that. Uh, we'll, we'll have to see. They've got a real issue coming next year with Braxton Miller possibly returning. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, but uh, and it's getting more and more of, a, of an issue. Earlier this season, after a couple of games, and, and the question was put to Urban Meyer, he said it's a no-brainer. Braxton is my is my guy. Uh, I, I don't know uh, if if Urban's been asked that same question here lately. Uh, he'd probably respond the same way uh, to be uh, to be consistent, but. Uh, you got to believe there's going to be some serious consideration given next fall to who the starter ought to be and if you can possibly bench J.T. Barrett after what he's looked like. Uh, even in, in the passing yardage and total offense yardage, he is on target to break all-time Ohio State season records for in both those categories. He clearly will break the touchdown pass record and, and uh, blow away the total touchdowns record. You know, the career total touchdowns record at Ohio State is 85. Uh, and I believe that's about almost point. halfway there. <laughs> almost halfway there as a freshman. Right, right. Uh, Braxton would have blown the record away. He Braxton sits at 84 after three seasons. What if it uh, ends But there's right a very there. good possibility that, that Barrett could be at 50 or close to it uh, after one season. Uh, so it, it really just is incredible the numbers <laughs> he's putting up. Certainly the offense, Meyer and Herman and, and – you know, racking up half a hundred every game practically uh, is a big part of that. But uh, you know, you got to have the driver if the car is going to go. And, and JT Barrett has just been so cool and uh, and so talented. Uh, no one could believe. You know, the the one knock on him it was funny earlier in the year, and uh, they talked about his ability to run the ball. And Meyer huh. said would say, and Herman they would say, well, you know, with Braxton, you know, you can you can have. Uh, you can get through the line and you can be looking at 50, 60, 70 yard touchdown runs. And 
and J.T. Baird doesn't give you that. Well, J.T. Baird gave you that. Uh, he, he ran one for 86 the other day, and, and a couple of Minnesota cornerbacks uh, were, were a yard behind him and couldn't catch him for about 40 or 50 yards of that. So uh, the speed's deceptive, and I don't know if Minnesota defensive backs are just quite slow. Uh, there were a lot of jokes going around about the Minnesota DBs after that run, but it uh, turns out J.T. Barrett can give you the explosive play in the 80-yard run, uh, and that was supposed to be the only thing he couldn't do. I'll tell you, and you know what? You just went right where I was like, man, I, I was waiting because I was going to jump in with my own cool little JT Barrett stats, and I'm like, he's about to hit it right there. But, yeah, you talk about that 86-yard run. Nuts, just two yards off of the longest in Buckeye history. And uh, the last time anybody did that was Eddie George, 95, when he broke off an 87-yarder in his Heisman season. So there's that Heisman word again. <clears throat> Just saying, but uh, uh, it's just amazing. It is, absolutely. And still uh, more games to go, more football left to be played. Speaking of, what do you think are the odds? Because I saw, I already saw some people talking about the possibility of these two teams doing it again in a couple of weeks. Obviously, that would depend on Minnesota. They would have to beat two top 25 teams back-to-back here. They'd have to beat Nebraska and then go on the road. Actually, you're both on the road, Nebraska and Wisconsin for them. Uh, for them to win the West and then come back to a rematch with Ohio State. I don't know uh, about that. But, man, I'll tell you, they definitely gave Ohio State uh, everything they could handle and then some, and the Buckeyes. That's something else, too, to handle a different challenge when you're in the midst of scoring 50 points a game and then you've got all the, the spotlight on the Michigan State game and all of this, and then you've got the afterthought of that and you've got bad weather and you're able to dig through it. Like Urban Meyer said, his quote was funny, he said, anybody play this game the way we did in this weather against a good team. Go do it and let me know how you do as well because they took care of it and and it's good to be able to win those too as well as the the big 50.500 plus yard explosions as well. Yeah, that's true and, and they still had almost 500 yards by the way. They still had almost 500 yards even saying that. Yeah, that's right. Even even turn the ball over. And then again, you had other teams uh, you know, barely surviving, uh, you know, TCU having to come from behind to win a game. I mean, there are other teams out there that are, you know, not exactly putting up style points as they try to, to position themselves for this Final Four. Um, you know, here, uh, you know, well, Auburn got drilled. I, we can, we can, you know, be finished now finally with, yeah. with uh, hearing about how great Auburn is. Um, and uh, and TCU struggled to win. And, uh you know, there, there's there's lots of other teams in this uh, in this top ten that are squeaking by. Arizona State bit the dust out and up in Corvallis. Some some people saw that one coming. That's a tough place to play any time, no matter how good Oregon State is. How about and, Miami? Uh, Miami so, so almost that, pulled that game off, man. I was I actually was somewhere grabbing a bite to eat and got a chance to catch like the tail end of those games as we were heading from one building to the other. And uh, um, yeah, right I, I again for Florida, sure. Florida Miami, State, another yeah. example of yeah, yeah, another example uh, of a team that, that one that didn't look great doing it. Uh, somebody, you know, Ohio State fans are joking around about uh, you know, hey, you wake up on Saturday morning and you realize that you're a Miami Hurricanes fan and you feel like you might have to go take a shower. <laughs> but, hey, uh, man, yeah. I was cheering for Luke. I was listening to Two Live Crew and everything, man. I'm like, come on, Miami, let's do it. <laughs> yeah, that's that's true. That is a strange feeling rooting for the Hurricanes. That hasn't happened to me too often, but um, 
yeah, they they played well, and but you could you know you could really just sort of see that whole thing coming, uh, the, the comeback, and and yeah, uh, yep. Florida State actually didn't didn't wait till the last minute to to go get it done, and uh, I don't know, Miami was uh, seemed like they started hanging on right about halftime. And, uh, and and you could just see the the momentum going shift in, the other yeah. way, but uh, they were going into yeah, preservation uh, mode too early, too too early, trying to trying to milk that thing out. Yeah, they they you could have just you know momentum had shifted early, and and uh, it was kind of obvious what was what the outcome was going to be. And so, um, you know, I I can't I can't I told you this before I can't root for Florida State not necessarily because they're number one and undefeated but just because no, the way they everything with them conducted yes, themselves yes. has just been so uh so appalling uh through this whole season so and, and and again you keep hearing about this supposed disciplinary hearing that gets keeps getting postponed and postponed and here we go i think it's now been postponed after the to, season you know, the, they're gonna the play first, they're gonna the do it now january yeah yeah, yeah. That is, that is you, you saw the last not, one surely not a coincidence not you a saw coincidence. the last one, Dan, because you and I have already talked you off the air. Even you've mentioned that to me, and then you saw they pushed it off. And what is it now? Two days after the last regular season game or whatever, and you can already see they'll find a way to get it stalled out again after that. It's like, come on now, really? This is as bad as and transparent as can be, and then that's fine. Everybody's just gonna stand around and ignore it, and then after the fact, they'll take away the championship or they'll strip the awards or the wins or whatever and it'll be like it never happened except it did and we all watched it happen and we you and i've had yeah, this right. conversation yeah before, that's right we'll, uh, we'll pretend that they unplayed those games yes that's and, all. Uh, it won't matter he'll be able to pay uh, pay back make a restitution and yeah out of his nfl signing signing yes, bonus thank you that's what I was about to say. Out of his $2 million signing bonus, he'll go make some restitution and, and all of that, and then it'll be forgotten about until the next thing comes up. And then it'll be, oh, remember all that stuff in college? When we were supposed to be helping men become adults and be able to have a support system and deal with the real world, instead we helped them cover up the things that they were doing and taught them that all that matters is that you play the game of football. And then we end up with people that end up suspended from the game because they have antisocial behavior, like punching someone in the face on camera, and then they blame it on the world when nobody stopped to help them because all that mattered was could they run that loaf of bread across the end zone and score seven points. And uh, that's the world we live in, brother. So, anyways. Yeah, there's kind of an ugly story, by the way, out of Michigan this weekend, too, with Frank Clark. I don't know if you've been hearing that, but this is just uh, breaking the last couple of days. Frank Clark, the big defensive end for the Wolverines comes from Glenville and Cleveland and yeah and he was a uh, he's he's in jail for domestic abuse domestic battery uh I had not heard that some, yet to be honest with you talk if you've got anything about that let me know I had not heard that oh yet, yeah I will it's, it's an ugly situation apparently they were in a hotel and and there oh. were some children present uh who apparently were the siblings of the woman uh young kids that were that were the little brothers and sisters of the of the of victim the and oh, okay. and they came running out of the hotel room saying that Frank is killing our sister, you know, kind oh. of, and he had her by the throat. And it's just wow. a, just really kind of an ugly situation. I believe he's in prison and in jail right now awaiting, uh, arraignment or whatever. I guess this oh, happened Saturday, uh, Friday or Saturday night. But, uh, anyway, uh, a situation would be interesting to see how, how, uh, the school deals with it, whether he's immediately suspended or if he's kicked off the team or whatever. But, uh, not good, and and because he's a Cleveland guy, it's uh, it's a little bit close to home. He's a he's a he's a Glenville guy, and 
probably Michigan's best player, uh, certainly the best player on their defense. And uh, so uh, remains to be seen whether he'll be back in action or whether he'll ever wear the uniform again. He's a senior. It's also got to hurt his NFL chances, which were looking pretty good uh, coming into this past weekend. I'll tell you what, that's that story's so ugly. I can't even make a Michigan joke, man. That's ridiculous. I'm just gonna. Yeah, that's right. Michigan jokes are a little bit, a uh, little bit. You know, uh, that's you know, not beside even... the point on this. Yeah, one. kids running out of the room. <laughs> scream! Oh, get out of here with that noise, man. All right. Well, you know what? Let's take it back on the field. Let me ask you because then we can answer this question on Wednesday. But what do you think, Ohio State? Six, five. I've I, everybody I've talked to has kind of said I can see him jumping up to six, maybe even as high as five. I saw Kirk Herbstreet, not that he's a, not biased a little bit, had them in his top four the other day, but I don't think they jump that far. This win maybe moves them up a spot or two. I said six personally. What do you think happens when they do the rankings tomorrow night? Well, I, I guess it'll depend upon what this what the committee thinks about the uh, the, the Big Twelve. Because TCU and Baylor are, are the two teams immediately ahead of the Buckeyes in the AP poll. Buckeyes are are at seven uh, in the AP. You've got the two SEC West teams, Alabama and Mississippi State, at, at two and four. I kind of thought Mississippi State might drop farther than that, and they may uh, in the committee's eyes. Right, because um, they look at it a little but, differently. Uh, so. Yeah, right now you've got TCU and Baylor at five and six, and, and Ohio State at seven. That's the AP poll. Um in fact, AP has Florida State on top. I, I think the committee will put Alabama on top. Uh, I think you know, so, too. Night. They knocked off number one, and they've been number one before, so it's almost like you drop down for a minute and then you retook your spot. I see Alabama being number one tomorrow night, personally. Right, and, and the undefeated Florida State Seminoles have been, you know, singularly unimpressive. Uh, right. You know, they've almost they, lost they, a they, they, have, they don't have all their 10-0, but they really – looked like not the best team in the country while putting that record together. So I think the committee will probably have uh, Florida State maybe even number three behind Oregon. I, I wouldn't bet on that, but I think Alabama will be one, and I think maybe Mississippi State might drop out of the top four. Uh, but the fact that TCU and Baylor, neither one of which was, was terribly impressive, uh, maybe Ohio State does sneak up into that five or six spot, but uh, – uh, I, I'd probably, uh, or a betting man, probably say they, they, they'll be uh, six or seven. That's that's pretty much where I'm at with that. Yeah, I think at best case scenario, best case, you end up there at six. But I'm I'm interesting that you said that about Alabama because I was talking to some buddies and I said, man, I'll tell you, looking at just what I've seen from the first couple of weeks with the way they look at things, the the committee there, I think Alabama ends up number one. I think that. Uh, I, but then again, they've shown that they don't value the head-to-head uh, as, as the be-all, end-all either. So, I mean, we just saw that two weeks ago. So it'll be interesting, like you said, how they judge TCU, Baylor there uh, as they sort out those couple of teams. But all Ohio State can do, as we know, is uh, win the ones in front of you. Hopefully you get one more impressive one. At the Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? 
a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. End in your championship game. And if you're able to end, you know, with that, then we'll see. But, uh, uh, yeah, and it does that, look like uh, that that thirteenth game was going to be Wisconsin. I mean, I, I uh, Wisconsin is really starting to play good football, and and uh, they put the big hurt. And who knows how Nebraska is going to come back from that whooping that they took the other day of yeah. Bo Pelini, Bo Pelini trying to put the best best possible face on it. But there is no possible good face on it. Having a seventeen to three lead and then giving up fifty nine unanswered points from there on out. Just, a, just an incredible butt whooping uh, by uh, by the Badgers, <laughs> and uh, I don't think there's any way Minnesota can go on the road and win even one of those two games. Although you think they'd have a shot against Nebraska because Nebraska has to just sort of be dispirited at this point, and, and uh, I think Bo Pelini's, uh, you know, reign there as a head coach might might be, you know, that's certainly up in the air right now. There's a lot of Nebraska fans. I, I, I have a uh, correspond a little bit with a guy named Dirk Chaitlin, who who is a, uh, a writer for the Omaha World Herald. Um, I've interviewed him, and and uh, we communicate, and I follow him on Twitter. He had a column after that game, just a brutal column, ripping Pelini. Uh, he's been not Pelini's favorite guy. Pelini singled him out in press conferences before because he's <laughs> he's written so many critical things about Bo. But uh, if you have a chance to check, out, I'll, I'll send you that column. Yeah. Boy, it, it just talks about hey. You know, Pelini is—he just has no idea what to do. I mean, a, a team scores 59 straight on you. You know, you're going to make some adjustment, or you're going to do something, and, and he just didn't know what to do to stop what was going on. Of course, Melvin Gordon set the all-time record against him, sure 408 did. yards rushing, and didn't—and and did it in three quarters. Three uh, quarters. Even, I know. I saw that. Did not that. even play the fourth quarter. So oh. it was an—it was an incredible performance by Gordon, but. Uh, Pelini and the, and, the, and the Huskers just got to be reeling right now, and, and who knows if they can right the ship, and, and who knows if uh, Pelini will even stick around. But I'm looking for the Badgers to be the opponent in the in the Big Ten title game. And right now, the Buckeyes could they could even drop one of their last two games and still get into that game. So I, I definitely think we'll see them in Indianapolis uh, in December. And uh, as long as they keep winning. Uh, you know, uh, JT Barris got a chance to win the Heisman. It's not as if a redshirt freshman can't win it anymore. The last two have been redshirt freshmen. Last two, yeah, yeah. And uh, so, as long as the Buckeyes are winning and JT keeps piling up these numbers, uh, it's going to be hard to keep him. I think already he's probably earned an invitation to to New York City, and we'll, we'll see how it plays out from here. I agree with you. I agree with you. I disagree that listen, we're not dropping any. They cannot afford to lose any. Let's just uh, get that out of our conversation. But uh, I agree. He's at the. He's at the. He's at the. Um, he's at the awards ceremony, no matter what. And if he's nearing that five zero that we were talking about at the beginning of this conversation, man, he's winning that thing. I'm just going to tell you, especially if the Buckeyes are making this conversation hard for people. Uh, and I'll tell you, you and I got a—we've got time to do this, but but Vashon's got a great question there in the chat room, man. We've kind of brushed on it because you teased it at the beginning of this. What happens next year? We will have some fun talking about that too, because I mean, 
Ohio State's going to have some stuff to think about. Braxton Miller's going to have some stuff to think about here, man, because uh, all of a sudden, look, I mean, who saw it coming? But it is there, and um, we'll see. But yeah, that's and, and there, there's a number of things to. that could happen. And I've actually talked with a couple of different doctors that, that know what it's like to have a torn labrum and to have the same torn labrum twice. Right. People put the odds of Braxton Miller ever uh, playing quarterback again at, at no better than 50-50. Uh, well, last go. year, had tore the labrum, had surgery, had a full off-season rehab, comes back and in his in his first series of practices, he tears the same labrum again, making That's a what routine, scares me. making a routine that. throw. There's yep. no guarantee at all that, that he's ever going to be the same. And after you've done it twice, makes it even harder. That joint's all stretched out, and even harder to to put it back together and have it hold up for a game or two, let alone 14. So uh, I just think uh, it's going to be very tough for Braxton to make it back. Maybe he comes back and he plays wingback or running back or wide receiver. Certainly got the ability to do all those things and do them well. But I think throwing the ball effectively uh, is uh, – I've had a doctor tell me 50-50 at best. And if that injury affects his ability to play quarterback, he would, of course, want to uh, perhaps adjust the trajectory of his career so he could continue it going in some way towards the NFL, towards the next level. But you got the you hit it on the head. What worried me about his injury was not that it was the second one. A lot of people get hurt twice. It was that it happened non-contact right away. The first time he really tried to push himself even just a little bit and come back, that is is that's like coming on the field after a concussion and getting the headaches that had, nobody even touched you and you're already still fixing it. You know what I mean? Same thing there. The ease of the re-injury is what scared me to think, man, I'll tell you what, that kid uh he's going to have to work to come back. I mean, he not saying he can't like you said, but man, uh because even if he does, what's to say that he doesn't put in all that work to come back and it goes right back again because shoulders once the socket's been stretched and that's what they do with the with the uh with the surgery is they try to do it so that they can keep it in there they sometimes they'll attach a rubber band or a different type of wire a guide wire to hold it in there but once that socket's been stretched they do not always go in and then it happens more than more more and more often as you go yeah, there are people that uh, even before Braxton was injured uh, projected him in the, into the NFL as something other than a quarterback yep. uh, because he he just hadn't ever demonstrated the the necessarily the the vision or the accuracy or you know he had plenty of arm strength but lots of people have said hey this guy at uh, uh, you know at six two two fifteen or two twenty is uh, be a kick returner or running back maybe wide receiver in the NFL and that's where they were projecting him so that could still happen. Uh, and he could also obviously come back and help this team next year, even if he's not playing quarterback. But uh, something to be decided probably in August and, uh, you know, nine or ten months down the road. You're listening to the Sports Fix. Dan Wismar is the man talking to me, J-Rock, as we've been rolling on. Great conversation. Talking Browns, talking Buckeyes. And uh, just got to chuckle out of this. I'll I'll just say it while I'm on the air with you. Got an email from the Cavs. Tomorrow, my son, uh, his class in school, they got a note, and they're going to uh, – to independence they're going to read a book with the calves or whatever and uh, my son's been asking me for a week dad you think it's going to be lebron james dad you think it's going to be lebron i said no i said i'm not i'm not saying this because lebron i'm just saying it's not going to be lebron james i get i get the emails from the calves every day about who reads with the kids every day and i'm just telling you that they're it's not lebron james it's probably going to be 
Brendan Hayward, Alex Cook, one of those guys, or Alex Kirk, excuse me. Those are the guys that usually do this with the guys. James Jones, I usually get the emails. I just, <laughs> just got an email from the Cavs. And sure enough, Brendan Haywood is one of the people reading to him. So I, I was actually right about one of them, but Sean Marion's the other one. So I'll get to, uh, when my son gets off the bus here, I'll go, hey, I actually know who's going to read to you tomorrow. But, uh, um, I just it's it's funny because they sent me the email and it's a press release for my media job, but it happens to be about my son. But uh, he's like so excited. Let me tell you something: when you're seven, going to the practice facility and reading a book with the Cavs player is right up there with the coolest things you've ever done in your life. My son's like all yeah, exactly. All There's nothing wrong with that, LeBron or no LeBron. You know, but it's been funny because I said Brendan Haywood, I said him and Kirk and James Jones. I said how much you want to bet. One of those is the guys that uh, is reading to you. And, and as soon as I opened it, that's why I chuckled when I said it, because I opened it and it says, Brendan Haywood to read <laughs> to children tomorrow. And I said, man, well, I'll call that ESP, I guess. But Yeah, uh, well, so if nothing, if nothing happens, at least you were right once today. So that's- There you go. There you go. <laughs> I mean, because, you know, that doesn't happen all the time. But, uh, Dan, right. great conversation. When you and I talk Wednesday, we'll talk some more. We'll focus on the uh, on the weekend coming up, Buckeyes, Browns getting focused for some more football. We got a lot to talk about, man, and uh, and we'll see too. You maybe have some clarity on the Browns and some of these injuries here over the next couple days, and kind of uh, we'll see what the mood is heading to Atlanta, and of course Buckeyes as well. Speaking of Buckeyes, uh, before we wrap this thing up, they got the hoops thing going too. Of course, not much of a challenge the other day, Massachusetts Lowell, but. 92-55, the Buckeyes went out there. Good team game. You had five guys in double figures, and slamming Sammy Thompson was out there. You saw D'Angelo Russell looked pretty good, and, uh, you know, a good little first appearance there for the Buckeyes. Yeah, not bad, and then uh, we'll get a chance to see them. Tomorrow they're on ESPN2. Uh, oh, there you Mark go, yeah. Kent, uh, so be able to watch them on TV tomorrow night. Uh, the game the other night was on the, the BTN2 subscription service, and, Oh, by the way, also, that game, I, I understand, is being shown uh, just about a half hour from now. I think you'll be able to see that game. I heard it was on at 3.30 on Big Ten Network, a replay of the UMass Lowell game. That opener uh, is on TV this afternoon. And then uh, the Marquette game is uh, is on live tomorrow night, I believe at 7.30 against Marquette. So a couple, couple chances to see this Buckeye team. And uh, they're young, but they're going to be a player in the Big Ten. I think they may be the second or third best team in the Big Ten. Everybody likes Wisconsin early, but uh, this Buckeye team is hugely talented. So uh, they'll be they'll be green, but they're going to be uh, they're going to be pushing people. Cool. You and I can talk about the first couple of games of the season for them too on Wednesday when we circle back. Sounds good, Derek. I look forward to doing it. All right. Thank you, Dan Wismar from the Cleveland Fan. As always, you guys can tweet with them at D Wismar. Man, long episode of the sports fix today i'm not complaining hopefully you aren't either let's take a break when we come back we'll get you set the csu vikings home openers tonight they lost their opener to iona in new york we'll set the stage for that cavaliers back at the queue monday night football don't go anywhere final segment of the sports fix coming up next
to the sports fix if you want to be my lover. Let's talk about the X's and O's of family entertainment. Every parent in Ohio knows the importance of being able to draw up an activity that'll get you out of the house for a couple of hours. But it needs to be affordable. It needs to be family-friendly. Above all, it needs to be fun. Now, let's talk about high school sports. Bang for your buck, school sports provide the perfect game plan for your family. You'll enjoy all of the drama and excitement competitive sports offer. You'll be supporting the future leaders of our community in a meaningful way. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18+. Plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Best of all, you can take the entire family without breaking the bank. Heck, you won't even dent it. Now, enough chalk talk. Let's get out there and see what's playing at the high school in your community. School sports. Good for our kids, good for our community. This message presented by the Ohio High School Athletic Association and the Ohio Interscholastic Athletic Administrators Association. Whether it's an oil change or a new set of tires, Quick Lane at Valley Ford Truck has you covered for your car care needs. They're your neighborhood quick service experts. They also offer a low price tire guarantee. Choose from 13 brands, and if you find the same tires at a lower price within 30 days, Quick Lane at Valley Ford will refund the difference. 5715 Canal Road, right under the 480 Bridge in Valley View. Come see why life is better in the Quick Lane. Quicklane.com slash Valley Ford Truck. This is the Sports Fix. What is your name? I'm the dude. So that's what you call me, you know? Uh, that or uh, his dudeness or uh, duder or, uh, you know, El Duderino if you're not into the whole brevity thing. Dude, what do you want? Uh, well, it's uh, this rug I have. It really tied the room together. Uh, we are not a show to be swept under the rug. We are a show to be heard. It's the Sports Fix. Welcome back to the the edition of the Sports Fix that'll never end here live on the Sports Fix Radio Network. J Rock back with you going on. I may you know what? I may just let's just not let's just keep going until tomorrow. No, I'm just kidding, guys. Final segment. I know uh we've kept this thing moving and we've got a lot more to come tomorrow. Jeff Gorman from Indians101.com will be with us. We'll start talking about the movement. It's already begun, as a matter of fact. I see some trades going on. Jason Hayward heading to St. Louis here, traded from the Braves, a four-team deal. 
Russell Martin signs with the Jays for $82 million. We'll talk about all of that, what the Indians may be up to as well. Jeff Gorman from Indians101.com in the house tomorrow. Dr. Football Bill Checkis. We'll talk about Monday Night Football tonight. Does Pittsburgh win? Put themselves back on top by a half a game in every direction. But uh, will they put themselves temporarily back on top of the North, or will they get bit by the bug by Tennessee tonight? Uh, we'll talk about that and the DEA checking doctor bags here this weekend as Dr. Football joins us as he always does on Tuesday. Doug Plagans, voice of the Lake Erie Monsters, will be here to talk about a rough weekend for the Monsters. They drop them both, one in a shootout to Adirondack. And uh, Cavaliers, by the way, uh, I laugh uh, about the reading thing. I, <laughs> I read the email in more in-depth during the break, and it made me chuckle even more. Here, I'll just read. Just, just the line is very funny. Uh, tomorrow, uh, my son will be one of the children reading with uh, with Sean Marion. But this line is great. Uh, the youngsters will be read multiple books by Haywood and Marion titled, If You Give a Moose a Muffin, If You Give a Dog a Donut, If You Give a Mouse a Cookie, and If You Give a Cap, Give a Cat a Cupcake. So there you go. <laughs> I just got a kick out of the names of the story. Speaking of the Cavs, uh, LeBron James just announced a named Eastern Conference Player of the Week. For the NBA record, 46th time in his career for whatever that's worth. But uh, LeBron James named Eastern Conference Player of the Week for the week of November 10th through the 16th. Uh, He has done it 27 times out of those 44 as a member of the Cavs. Cavs, of course, went 3-0 during that week. LeBron averaged 35 points, shot 500 from beyond three-point Seven boards, eight assists, and a block in 37 minutes a game. Had a double-double, topped 30 points in each of those games. More, most, not more, most importantly, Cavaliers won all of those games and are now looking to make it five in a row heading into tonight's game uh, as they take on Denver. Denver now coming to the queue for their first road look at the Cavs. Cavs are 5-3, and three, looking to stretch that winning streak. They're averaging 120 points a game during that four-game streak. The other day it reached its peak. We were talking about it at the beginning of the night when they just went to town on Atlanta, 127-94. to 94. Uh, LeBron had 32 in that game, but the Cavs as a team shot 55%. Their defense was great. They scored 30-plus points off of uh, nearly 20 turnovers. They had 39 assists, not just the most for the Cavs, but that's the most assists in any NBA game. Remember, in the preseason, when I talked about what this team is going to do well eventually— I said rebound and pass, brother. They will be one of the best assisting teams in the league by the time they're done. And they'll get there. They're getting there now. But uh, they, of course, set records as well with the three-pointers. Went 11 for 11 to start the game. Went 9 for 9 in the first quarter. First team in NBA history to go 9 for 9 in the first quarter from three. They ended up making 19 three-pointers the other night, set the franchise record. And uh, again, uh, just an incredible, that night was an incredible performance. And this team beginning to gel offensively. Uh, You've seen some differences as well in the ball movement with LeBron being more ball-heavy dominant, you know, as far as being the the guy controlling the offense. There's been a difference with Sean Marion and the defense that he brings to the starting lineup as well. And uh, you're beginning to see. There's still a lot to be done. There's going to be peaks and valleys still. Uh, I'm not trying to say this won't turn into a 20-game winning streak. I didn't anticipate them running off that kind of streak this early, but I did think by – 
December, they would be in that point where they're running off a hefty stretch of games. But this team, offensively, they are beginning to figure out where each other is on the court. Tonight's another good one, and it'll be a good test before you got San Antonio coming to the queue. So looking forward to seeing what they do tonight. Tip-off is 7 p.m. at the queue, Nuggets and the Cavs. And then, of course, we'll talk about that tomorrow. Um, and we'll see. And then we'll set the stage for San Antonio. We'll get Eddie Jansen uh, for more than a fan Cleveland here. We'll talk Cavs on Wednesday and set the stage for that first showdown with the Spurs. But tonight, Cavs looking to stretch it to five in a row as they take on the Denver Nuggets. And uh, CSU Vikings, that was, by, by the way, I'm not going to forget the Vikes on my way out the door. CSU Vikings. Home opener tonight for those of you looking for something to do, looking for some basketball, and you're not going to be at the queue. I'm not trying to say choose one or the other, but if you're not going to be at the queue, Tiffin is at the Wolstein Center for the home opener for the CSU Vikings. Home opener 7 p.m. as well. The game's going to be on 14 Colin play by play for you tonight. Vikings, of course, of course. 78 to they're 0-1 on the season. Tiffin's coming in 1-1 as they uh, split their games over the weekend in one of those nifty early season tournaments they participate in. Vikings dropped that game to Iona 78-73. I'll tell you what, though. Good comeback. They were down 20 points uh, halfway through the second half. Vikes rallied. They had the lead and then were unable to sustain it, and they dropped that one. They hit 10 three-pointers. That was a calling card of theirs last year. Trey Lewis led the Vikes on Friday night, 16 points, 7 boards, 5 assists. Marlon Mason, 6 of 6 from the field. He also added 16 points. And Andre Yates, in his first game as a Viking, had 14 points as well. We'll talk about that game tomorrow. Talk about the Cavs. We'll look back at some Monday Night Football. We've got Doug Plagans, Jeff Gorman, Dr. Football in the house, and of course you. You know how we do it. Be here live. Same bad time, same bad channel tomorrow at noon right here on The Fix. Guys, enjoy your night. We're going to get out of here. Thank you for being with us, not just as always, but more than usual with this extended version of The Fix today. Had a lot to get into this week. Started with Jessica I knocking them out, and it's been a knockout edition of The Fix ever since. Guys, we'll see you tomorrow. Yeah, 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 Charles. I see you. I almost left. The Blue Jackets snapped that nine-game losing streak over the weekend with a couple of victories as well. We'll talk about that tomorrow, too, with Doug. There you go. Guys, let's see you tomorrow. We love it. Have a good one. And you know what? Do me a favor. I talked to you guys about DraftKings. This isn't a commercial. This is real life. I am a Jonas Gray night away by Le'Veon Bell from winning $10,000. That's no joke, and that's not a commercial. Uh, I actually entered one of their tournaments and was one of the 5% of the people out of a quarter of a million people who drafted Mike Evans and a couple of other selections. So I am within a 60-point night for (laughs) Le'Veon Bell to win $10,000. And even if I fall short, uh, I may win a few bucks here either way. Uh, As it stands now, I've won $5.75 and counting, depending on how high I finish. I'm joking, but I know I'm serious about that. $5.75, cha-ching. But I'm one big night from Le'Veon Bell away from $10,000.
So we'll see what happens. It's not happening. <laughs> but it was fun to talk about it. Hey, it's like scratching a lottery ticket, baby. Let's see. what I told you guys that DraftKings is they're getting free exposure here. But it's like a combination of fantasy football and buying a lottery and Internet poker all kind of combined into one. So, except you think you can win because you're smart. You're, you, it's not cards. You think, well, I know this. This isn't luck of the draw. <laughs> and I'll tell you what, if you know what you're doing, you can win a few bucks there. Not that I encourage that kind of thing, but if that's your kind of thing that you're inclined to do, go check them out. And uh, do me a favor, root for Le'Veon Bell tonight. I can't stand the thought of rooting for a Pittsburgh Steeler, but... For $10,000? Hell, man. They're not playing the Browns, man. Go, Le'Veon, go. I'll, I'll pay Jim Donovan to say it like run, William, run for that kind of money. All right, guys. I love you, Cleveland. Have a, I love you if you're not from Cleveland, too. I shouldn't say that, leaving all my non-Cleveland people out. I love you guys. We'll see you tomorrow, live at noon, right here on The Fix. Oh, well, this it ain't nothing pretty. So much hate up in this city, bitty city. If you can make it here, you can make it anywhere. Put your hands up in the air. Everybody say, yeah, 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 yeah. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.